cannibalism. Our story takes place at the end of the 15th century. Cannibalism. A time when the powers of darkness were at their strongest. Cannibalism. And man lived in fear of the unknown. Cannibalism. A time when witch burning was a common occurrence. Cannibalism. A public spectacle. Cannibalism. And they search for flesh. Killer fish. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 214 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast is coming at you live and direct with the homies JP and Dave, also known as Double Shot J and Mr. Parker. And I'm your host, Moods. Yeah. What's going on, dudes? Hey. Yo, dog. Long time no see. My brothers from different mothers. Yo. Oh. You know what's real weird? I just registered. Somehow Mr. Parker fits in with the just the names of Double Shot and Moods because they sound like rap names, but Mr. Parker sounds like a terrible rap name, <laughs> but it still sounds like a shit rap name, which is the complete opposite of me. Like, there, there surprisingly is a name. lot of, there's a lot of misters out there. There's like, there's a Mr. Lift. There's a Mr. Len. There's a few misters there's out a Mr. there. Mr. Venom. Yep. Yeah. Let so. me ask you this. What is it? Why Parker? I don't Did know. I it was a joke. I didn't. I didn't expect to make YouTube videos, and it just popped up. I think I was just doing a fucking joke name for a while, and that was just a name when I made YouTube. So it was Mr. Do you Parker. still use your intro ever with where you're in the cemetery? With I just the put it at the end now. It's always been at the end now. Yeah. Are you serious? I'm yeah, off. I guess. <laughs> and I put the bloopers at the very end. Oh, yeah. I'm missing out. Well, I kind of do that. Too. I, sometimes on the shows too, I'll, I'll edit in things and stuff like that, and. I know, I heard a long John Silver's conversation from last week. I forgot I put that, that's funny. Because sometimes (laughs) I'll put, like, the most ridiculous things back there. And and every once in a while, somebody messes me, like, man, dude, that outro is so ridiculously funny. But it's, like, one out of probably 100 people that listen that far. It's a reward for people who are patient and and don't give up on things. I've had people say to me, you like, yeah, 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 we have long Johns. Like, me and JP weren't having the stupidest (laughs) conversation if we were just talking about, like, do you have long Johns? Like the long underwear motherfucker? Yeah. But he was like, yeah, yeah we have it. He was all casual about it. If, if it was a reality, we were to ask it if Canada oh, had long johns. That would be so funny. <laughs> it's because I just walked but in that then, conversation. But then and it's it, even more funny because he's like, first he thinks it's, you know, the undergarments. And then he thinks it's, and then he thinks it's a donut. Yeah. And like, oh, yeah, no, we got long john Which donuts. Which is not wrong because there are multiple things called long johns. It's just he thought about the shitty fish place last. Right. As he should because it's the worst of the three. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how would you rate the three long johns? Because I, the, I think I go, I think I go like the warmth keepers first, and then honestly, I would probably go the shitty fish and then the donuts because I don't donuts. Long johns could have cream or Bavarian cream. The yeah, way- so can the fish. No, if you put Bavarian cream in long john silvers, I'll fucking execute you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about. <laughs> Fish and cream, that doesn't sound that appealing. But then again, neither does Long John Silver's the way you, you guys talk about it. don't know what's in those things, man. It could have that for all we know. Yeah, if you don't know if you're right. getting Long chicken John or fish. Or the Long Johns. Yeah, we don't know. They have all sorts of types of cream on, on them. <laughs> yeah, but they're not spread on Bavarian cream. That <laughs> I don't know what Bavarian do. cream is. They do Kroger fucking like pudding and just shove it in there and be like, that's the film. <laughs> That's their dessert. They just take the shell of the fish or chicken, whichever, or hush puppies, the hush puppy, and they just fill it 
with fucking nasty ass fucking pudding from Kroger Kroger brand instant. Oh, Actually, man. I'm surprised they don't do something like that, like hush, some hush. sort of cinnamon cream or something in there. Hush. Puffs. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. It's a free puffer fish. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> All right, man. So the annual Italian Whore Month is back. That's right. This is the first week of Italian Whore Month. I always look forward to this. This is one of my favorite months of the year to do. Um, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I always have a lot of fun with this. And uh, this year's lineup is looking pretty is pretty good, man. Um, I think we're going to have a little bit of a change. I know we did announce the directors that we're going to be doing, but I think we might be having Except a... for that we didn't announce the last director. Oh, yeah. Now, we, that's right. We never did announce Jeremy's because we figured that we were going to be having a change. And it actually is coming to fruition. So, yeah, we're going to be changing that pick. Yeah, um, I was just getting caught up in the chat while you guys were discussing this. Um, but... Okay, so we are changing then, huh? For the seventh, this is the seventh annual, by the way. Seventh annual. Let's just yeah. pick it now. We know the director, right? Yes, the director. Yeah, yeah. We know we know the director that we're going to be doing. I mean, we might as well just come out and say it. We haven't chose the movies yet. I mean, I can tell you what. Like, it's better than whoever Jeremy picked that I never heard of. Yeah, I never heard of that guy. Yeah, I was pretty uh, pretty stumped on that one myself, but uh, yeah. It's actually one of the last names we haven't chosen yet, right? Yeah, like, I didn't. I, I had no idea who Luigi Macaroni was that Jeremy picked. <laughs> was that real? Was that actually who he was? No, no, that it wasn't. The, that's the detective in <laughs> named Luigi Macaroni. <laughs> um, but you know, we we had to do it, man. We did. We came up with it on the spot, and we're like, you know, this guy's name has been thrown around before, and we were all kind of shocked that we actually haven't picked him, considering he does have some pretty fun ass movies and he's notoriously known for doing, you know, they even made a documentary about uh, the best worst movie of all time mm-hmm. in troll two. So, uh, Claudio for is going to be, um, week four of Italian horror month. Uh, we haven't yes. completely picked the, the movies yet. I don't think troll two is going to be one of them. So don't get your hopes up on that, but right. we'll figure it out. Boy, I mean, there's so many movies that I'm not even sure if he directed that he's, like, attached to. <laughs> well, the thing is, he has a lot of uncredited credits because he works so closely with Bruno Mattai. So there's a lot of Bruno Mattai's under his filmography and his director, and his director um, portion of IMDb and stuff. But those ones I'll probably just give straight to Bruno Mattai because he's actually even attached to Zombie 3, which, of course, Bruno Mattai had directed, what, 30% of that movie for Falchi when he got sick and stuff. But Hell of the Living Dead, I know he's an uncredited director on that one, too, and stuff. But we're going to go for straight movies that we Rats, knew he Nights directed. Terror, which we did. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he, that's a, again, that's a Bruno Mattai film that he was just there. You know, he's always working closely with him and stuff. But And I know you just, you just direct or you just reviewed uh, Night Killer, right? On your yeah. 31 days. So that's probably one we won't choose. Um, no, it's probably one we will. <laughs> oh, whatever. Well, I ain't choosing it. We each get to pick one. Well, I don't know what to pick. I don't know what counts here. The ones on, that I don't say uncredited. Counts. You know, honestly, man, if well, I if, if like, I were to pick one right now, I'm picking Monster Dog. Okay. That's, and I'm going to pick Beyond one. Darkness because it's the only one I haven't seen. Okay. The, both of those are good choices. So we got those two. I can't even find another one he did besides what Troll. What about Zombie 4? Zombie 4. I don't want to do any of the zombies. See, films. I told you, Dave, that we were know, talking about this he's, before he got on. I was like, like I don't want to do we're it. We're going to do a zombie show when we're dead. How are we going to do that? all Dude, these shows? How are we? How the fuck are we? We've already done Zombie. And didn't we review Zombie 3 
at one point or someone yeah. did on the show or hey. something. I don't know. If we do the zombie show, we have to start with Dawn of the Dead, the Euro cut. Okay. I like then, that. Let's do that. Euro cut, Dawn of the Dead, then we do Zombie 2, then we do Zombie 3, Zombie 4, Zombie 5. And then if we're real for we can stop we can there. do some of the AKA Zombie 3, <laughs> Zombie and shit. Right. Right. Yeah, actually, that's a that good idea to start like with. That sounds like a great show. That sounds. What are you guys talking about? One right. of the weeks where we have an extra t- uh, a week in Italian Horror Month, we just add that on at the end. Is like a maybe our tenth year if we're still around. Okay. This well. is year seven. Or we put it on the Patreon as a franchise show. So the Night Killer's so in then. What's another film that he did besides Night Killer? Troll Unless Two Night Killer. Scalps. Scalps is is a western. We I, I don't know about that one. I've never seen that or yeah. the. Uh, it's the one Apache, of white Apache. Yeah, I haven't never viewed his uh, Western films. I think those two Westerns should be done together, though, right? Right. Then I feel like I should pick Night Killer. Or Troll 2. And don't tell me you want to do a Troll fucking franchise show. Uh, no, I'm good on that. Yeah, and there's a lot of <laughs> AKAs in there, too. Isn't Contamination 7 considered, like, Troll 3 in some places or some yeah. shit? Yeah, well, did he do Troll that? Four. I'll pick that. It's like Ator 4. Oh, yeah. AK 4. A- for. I'm not watching all the Ator movies. Oh did yeah, he, that's right. He, he did do the first did one. He, he did. The, he did uh, Ator the first one. That's right. I forgot about that. I I even have that shit. <laughs> I mean, no Ator. Ator has done Joe Diamato, but then like Ator Four is AK Troll Four. I don't know what's happening. It's just not right. 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 Like, yeah, I know. You uh, those, those things are so unrelated. It's ridiculous. They're so unrelated. It's beyond ridiculous, man. Like you can you can keep branching. It's like. It's, you know, there's so many of those weird kind of just made up franchises that are absolutely ridiculous, man. Like La Casa films. That would actually be a really fun Italian show to do. <laughs> that would be so Because they're so all over the place, man. But they're fun. I, I like a lot of those movies. Like Witchery, it's terrible, but it's got fucking David Hasselhoff in it. And, and, and you know. And, <laughs> and he gets killed. Right, right. And Linda Blair and David Hasselhoff doing a movie together. It's just, that's bizarre. So... So Fabrizio Laurenti did Contamination Point Seven, right? And Joe Diamato, Joe Diamato helped with it too. Yeah, it's, it's very American. It feels so American, but then again, it makes sense uh, yeah, of the time period it came but out. It's in. it feels something still feels off with it, <laughs> right? I love that movie. It honestly. is a fun one. I actually rewatched it again it last so year. Much, how come it did make your top ten in nineteen ninety one? Wow! There you go. That's when I rewatched. That's right. It was. Oh, for because 91. it didn't count for ninety one. Remember? It we did count it though because it actually did come out in ninety one. We we did that occasionally with a couple. Yeah, because we've been, we've been running into some some things where actually I just had we had a comment the other day. Somebody was asking me if Dark Waters was going to be um, available for top ten and ninety four, and I was like. Yeah, because when we were looking at the shit, Dark Waters was on the list. And I actually think it was because I went through 93 and started complaining because Dave Z eliminated 93 and Dark Waters was on 93. 93 had a decent amount of good movies on it. And I mentioned Dark Waters. It's weird, though, because like I know I know Wikipedia says it's 94. And I think even the back of the I mean, I know these things are all subjective and relative. It doesn't really matter. But I, I always knew it as a 94 film. And then when I looked it up. Its very first showing was December 29th of 1993 in Russia. So it probably played one night and then got its premiere six months later in Italy. And and then that's I think that's why it's known as a 94 film, because I think it played in the festivals for a while. That's how it works. They always go. Wait, by the first. Yeah. So IMDb last the first showing ever, because if you actually think about it, it makes sense. Right. It's like, when did this movie come out? And it's like, well, 
if it showed here, it was out. You know what I mean? Right. Just not like for everybody. Well, but well, it technically, technically, the fucker never got a release in the United States until 2006 until H.P. Yeah. Lovecraft Film Festival. Right, so. right. <laughs> yeah, man. And it, so I was like, holy shit, are you serious? And I looked it up and I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure we're going to continue. I even told the guy, yeah, we're probably going to consider it a 94 film. And then JP freaked out and he's like, no, it's 93. And I'm like, Fuck. well, I just don't want, I just want to be consistent with the rules so that right. we don't screw ourselves. You no, know I get I, mean? that. I get that. But I'm just saying I'm positive. It said 94 and IDP at one time. It's like, this has happened a few times. I remember one time mm-hmm. that I, I remember I was looking up the entity or some shit like that. And at one point it even said on IMDb, it was 1981 because it was filmed in 81. It was released in 1983. There's always these weird conflicting dates and stuff, but then it's been officially changed in 1983 and stuff. And I was like, man, whatever it is, what it is. The dates are always being changed because we can do that. It's like Wikipedia. You can just change it. Yeah, well, it's, there. th- there's like more credentials with, with IMDb, but yes, technically. The, the only time I think we do do it is if like, let's say we draw out like um, 95 and there's a movie that used to be 95, but it went to like 94 and we're like, well, we already covered 94. So there's no way we're going to ever be able to cover this movie unless we just include unless it. Unless it jumps to yeah. 93 at some point. Yeah. yeah so, well, actually, so I see then we do. Here, Here's a weird one. So we're figuring out the master list for 1994, and then all of a sudden, um, the Fulci film, Voices from Beyond. <laughs> this is fucking the weirdest one ever. And everybody though. knows it's not his last movie. Door in the Silence is his last exactly. movie. Exactly. Came out in 91. Voices so, from Beyond came out the same year. So when we did the 91 show, it was 91 on IMDb, but we always knew it as a 91 film because it wasn't his last movie. So, anyways, fast forward to the, doing this 94 master list, and all of a sudden, it's the date has changed in IMDb to 1994, and we're like, I ain't watching that shit again. Like, what the fuck? We just did it for 91. That's ridiculous. So, but my question is, what? why is the date all of a sudden changed to 94? What's the, does anybody have any intel into that? Because I'm confused. Because uh, I got on there and changed it again. Because no, I, I my top 10. Like, why would it change to 94? Because it, it doesn't make any fucking sense to me. I think it's an error because if you click on the dates, there is still earlier dates on there, I right. think. It probably is doing it for the United States. Yeah, but so then again, I think sometimes there's just errors too. So right, here's right. one I ran into while I was working on putting the 85 show list on the website, and uh, screenplay is now an 84 movie. Right. So I'm almost certain that it was 85 when we it did was, that yeah, show. Well, screenplay was in my top 10 at 85, so it it, it was. And I think what happens is somebody finds oh because. Um, Originally, it got its U.S. Film Festival premiere in 85 and its Berlin International Film Festival premiere in West Germany. I think what happens is somebody's like, oh, turns out on November 2nd, there was a screening in Boston. And then they add that. And no one gave a flying fuck until recently to change it. Right. Right. So they they went and changed it, which then changes the release year. Right. But uh, yeah. So this is going to – famously, um, my number two of 2001 – or sorry, 2002 is actually a 2001 movie, and that's The Frailty. Right. It's not uh, The Frailty. I know. I, I don't know. I always get mad when other people do that. <laughs> and then here you are, You're the one who and here you are contradicting yourself anybody. by saying The Frailty. Yeah. You fucking... No, on, on, on Summer Series, everybody kept saying The Frailty, and I was getting so mad. Yeah, it's Frailty. And then it, yeah. it like tricked me into doing it. <laughs> it doesn't even list it as a horror movie here. Crime, drama, thriller. Well, have you ever seen it? You know I fucking seen that movie. Okay, it's. I mean, it, it is. It's like crime drama thriller. I don't. I, I agree. It's it's a horror film though. 
Yeah, yeah it's mean, definitely it's, got it's enough definitely elements of horror in there to consider artists. it. But wasn't but was it when we did the 2002 show? Was it not on IMDb as a 2002 movie, and then it got changed? Because yeah, I feel it like it was, it was another one of those. Yeah, and it changed. So there's going to be that every once in a while. Like screenplay is now considered 84. Yeah. And this is the reason why we only use IMDb too. We don't we don't use multiple sources yeah, like Wikipedia. If we did, it would be more. It, it gets way too confusing and. We really just try to simplify things. Go by the first date and then, which, you know, according to most people is really how it should be. You know, I've, I've recently even people, I've seen people do videos talking about, actually the whore man did a video lo- not too long ago about um, release dates and people arguing release dates because there's different sources of different dates and shit like that. And he's like, no, it's the first fucking one. If the movie got released for one show at this time, it's from this fuck. You can't dispute release dates because it showed at this date, right? Technically it's released. I agree with that. Yeah. But not everyone does, which is cool. We're not supposed to agree on everything, right? If we agreed on everything, we wouldn't be doing these fucking podcasts. It would just be boring. <laughs> I always you know what? Lo- let's not let's not do the podcast let's i always love those quits. people i always i uh, th- those are some of my favorite comments that we've ever had in the podcast like man you guys disagree with each other so much and then i i pause and think about it and i'm like so you want to hear three or four people just agreeing on everything that they're saying well sometimes they get mad about like if we don't like a movie we say bad things about it and it's just like well half the time it's like we cover entire franchises and when does an entire franchise have all good movies right never but i mean having differences opinions on things is a good thing like isn't a little bit more entertaining to have a little bit of a battle and then you know kind of work out the pros and cons of a film and shit like that and you know maybe Mm -hmm. someone comes up with some really interesting opinions and and you know points to the film where you're like oh yeah totally fuck you know that's crazy and then you know still not changing my rating yeah, exactly. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. That's why we fucking, we, we've had some pretty, we've yelled at each other a few times on the show. Nah. But it's all in good fun. Life. It's all in good fun. I love when people are like, man, you guys are fucking rude to each other. You guys are yelling at each other. I'm like, guys, it's entertainment, man. We're so rude to each other. People in our comments just start being rude to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, like yelling at each other. I'm like, you're a piece of shit. And they're like, nah, yeah, JP is a piece of shit. I hope he dies. You're like, you know, I don't actually think JP is a piece of shit. They're like, so, sometimes you. I feel like people didn't actually have like a group of dude friends growing up or something because I'm like, like, this is just feels normal. Like it feels it like is. real life. It is. It feels because, like high school a little bit though. When we start. Right. Yeah. But I think we're those type of people though, because we all are very opinionated, right? So if someone says something and you have a difference, you're going to, you're going to let people know about that opinion. Right. Where a lot of people just kind of hold that in. And, they well, just, and most of the time you don't give a shit in real, in real life, like in no. everyday life, somebody at work's like, I don't like that. You're like, I don't give a shit. Exactly. I don't argue with I'm pretty I much the same way. Opinion about movies. I'm pretty much the same way. <laughs> I'm just like, thing. fuck whatever, man. Like, like the time I told the story before where someone said to me that like, I, I, I was, um, this guy that, uh, that worked for me. He's like, what, what's your favorite horror movie of all time? And I was like, Dawn of the dead. And I was like, the original Dawn of the Dead. And he's like, oh man, he's like, that movie's fucking terrible. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and I just laughed. I literally just did my like insanely ridiculous howl laugh. And as I'm walking away, I'm, I'm belly laughing. I'm just like, whatever. I'm not going to argue with you, man. Because <laughs> you don't give shit. <laughs> right? There's, you can't argue with someone that says Dawn of the Dead is a horrible movie because, you know, subjectively and objectively, it's not. Objectively, it's not a horrible movie. Right? So it's just, it's stupid to argue about that. So, but. Like the thing that I hate when listening to podcasts is I hate whenever 
everybody is like too cordial you know what i mean and and you could tell that like this person doesn't like the movie that the other person's talking about but they're like just super nice about it yeah that's well, I mean, because it's tr- nice, because it's transparent it the transparency right. in a lot of podcasts is very very prominent like you can just i can see right through that shit in a second it's like when you're watching youtube videos and you're watching these reviewers um like dave for instance like he gets a lot of screener copies and so he's working for these companies technically and uh i fucking hate when people just blow movies for the sake because i got that shit for free and i'm like just tell just give the honest opinion man it's so transparent when you can tell that you didn't really enjoy this film but you're giving it a good positive review it's like i, I get it sometimes when you initially start out you're a little bit you know you know how to approach that you know what i mean like early on when you review movies you're always a little bit nicer about it and then as you go on right. and on you're just like ah mm-hmm. well, you like can, it, you you can be honest and still give positive I yeah mean, you I don't have to be a dick. An asshole either. i know that's the thing you don't have to be a dick like i was with a lot of those movies and shit but you, you you don't have to lie either. It's ridiculous, yeah. man. It's like well, there's actually there's actually a lot of laws regarding this that a lot of people aren't aware of too. That like like um, when you get screeners and stuff, you're actually supposed to disclose that legally. Like there's actually yeah. legal laws. Yeah, we that, we actually that, talked about this one time, and and a lot of people don't because they're afraid to be like, oh, you're that guy getting all that free shit and stuff. That's actually yeah. one thing I do respect about guys like Wet Movie One and shit. He gets a fuck ton of free shit, man. <laughs> but he discloses everything that he gets for free, and he he talks about like how he goes out hunting for movies to put up on his eBay store and shit. I'm like, okay, well at least he's disclosing that to everybody what he's doing and shit. It's he's not trying to hide that shit from anybody. Sometimes I don't mention it. I don't even register it to do it. Because I have so many movies I cover, some I get to review, right. some I don't. Yeah, some of your movies, I'm not even I'm sure like, yeah. what you. I, I know that you work with Mondo and I think Blue Underground and stuff like that, but half the stuff I don't even know if you're reviewing it because of your Patreon or it's just watches you wanted to do or if, yeah, if uh, some it's PR dude sent it to you. Stuff. Yeah. But um, it doesn't but, really matter to me. You, you're always, what? I can always tell you're honest in your shit, so. What I was saying, like, I don't mean like being nice. I mean, like, when I say that, I'm saying people that are not genuinely sharing their opinions oh. because they don't want to be, uh, you know, contra- not controversial, but like go the other way. Like, there's nothing. You don't more want confrontation. Annoying. Confrontation. Yes, that's where I was. Looking they just thinking. don't want to go against the grain, man. Right, and, and those I, I'll literally shut a podcast, shut a podcast off, and never listen to it again if I feel like. And I'm not saying I need people to be like fighting with swords on there. I'm just no. saying like I don't want to get the sense that you're holding back your true feelings. Yeah, like, honesty, honesty is sense, a, I'm out. Honesty is a huge thing, and that's something that we've always taken pride in the show too. Is like, I mean, <laughs> we're pretty fucking honest about shit, right? So, you know, and I just feel like if um, you know, if I'm gonna put in the effort to be in super honest about you know my opinions and shit like that i would like to listen to other people that are doing the same shit too i mean you're not doing anybody or any movies or anything justice if you're just gonna sit there and lie or or just well, or just kind or of just kind of do right yeah i mean yeah i mean i mean some people just break down the movie tell you what it's about tell you what it's like and then they're like they leave it up to you you know and then right. there's other people they don't yeah, really tell you their suck. opinion not really no yeah 
Yeah, well, it's it, depend, it depends on what professional reviewers used to do. They used to tell you the movie, tell you some things about it, and yada, yada, yada. And then they'd be like, well, you know, if you heard what you heard, you'll know whether or not you like it. It doesn't matter what I think. It matters what you are going to think of it. So you can tell. Yeah, if but I'm not. Gonna why like do it, I want to watch a, a video or a review of you telling me to go check it out myself? No, <laughs> they're telling you what it's about to see if you would like it or not. If you, can't, if you can't hear about a movie, if you can't hear about a movie, can't hear what it's about, can't hear what things are done in it positive and maybe some negative no and then you care about it and you say well that sounds like something i would like because at the end of the day i've heard people trash a movie and been like i'm still gonna watch it because you know what it sounds like something i'd like regardless yeah but that's like that's completely my mentality though i've watched reviews before and i've, I've heard people trash movies and i'm like man that shit makes me want to watch it like a ton now <laughs> <laughs> you mean the zombie eats yogurt that's a, that's a must watch yeah <laughs> Oh man! So, um, listen, I have a story to tell. <sighs> All right, let's hear your story. It's a short one, but it happened last night, so it's fresh in my head. So, I'm at work. I'm working overnight, filling in for someone, and um, there's a. I, I'm walking to the kitchen to start coffee. It's about four a.m. And I look to my right where there's an exit door, and I see a dude standing by the door, which is not super uncommon because, like, sometimes people lock themselves out and, like, don't know what to do um, because our doors lock at night. So I go and open the door. I'm like, what's up, dude? And um, he's like, hey, have you seen my girlfriend? And I was like, "Um, I haven't seen anybody in a couple hours. I seen a girl earlier. And I was like, what'd she look like? And he's like, light-skinned. And I'm like, okay, that doesn't really help. But um, <laughs> I was she like, no, man. She had, she had long hair? <laughs> he didn't, he, he just nose. said light-skinned. He didn't give any other descriptor, descriptor <laughs> terms or nothing. So um, he come, he walks in as I, like, as I open the door. Uh, and he walks in. And I go back to making the coffee. And I look over and I see him like looking around like he ain't been in here before. And I'm like, oh, shit. I just let someone in who's not supposed to be here. And then uh, I'm like, uh, you all right, dude? And he's like, yeah, um, I'm just looking for my girlfriend. And I was like, uh, okay. And he said, can you tell me what room she's in? And I'm like, uh, okay, this guy's not a guest here. And I was like, um, no. And to be honest... I thought, and, and this like not not to be like fucking stereotypical, but there was this, there was this like light skinned black girl who was probably not fully black earlier, and she was with a black dude, and this guy looked like that guy, so I thought it was the same dude, but it wasn't. So the so eventually I get him to let. I'm like, hey man, you gotta leave. And then I completely forgot about that, right? And 6 a.m. rolls around. Completely forgot. Out of my mind. Ne- didn't even think of it until way later. Um, there, I hear this. Do you know when you lock your car? Like, beep, beep, like that? Yeah. I, I kept hearing it. And I'm like, what is going on? Where is this coming from? Like, I thought it sounded like the alarm was about to go off. And then all of a sudden, uh, me and this bre- the breakfast lady who, do- who prepares the breakfast is like staring at each other because we heard this screaming like a girl screaming and we're- I'm like what's going I was like did you just hear screaming or am I tripping and she's like yeah so then I hear it again so I walk out from behind the desk and I look at that same door where the dude was and I see a guy hold- like grabbing a girl and like pulling her and then I 
I'm like, what? Like, I was confused at first. I was like, did I really just see that? Because they were standing in front of the door, and I wasn't super close to it. And then he pulls her away from the door, <clears throat> so I can't see anything anymore. And I look at it, the breakfast lady. I'm like, did you just see that? And she's like, yeah. I was like, we need. She's like, we need to call cops. I'm like, yeah, let's do that. But at the same time, like, if this guy's gonna murder this girl, the cops aren't gonna be here in time. So I'm like, I guess I gotta go be a hero. And uh, I open the door and go out, and I and I walk around the corner, like into the dark, like dark part of the the parking lot. And the dude's like has his back facing me, and his arms like wrapped around the girl. And I'm like, uh, "Yo, what's going on?" And he's like, "Nothing. This is just my girlfriend, dude. Don't worry about it." And I was like, "Well, I kind of have to worry about it, dude. I'm sorry." And she's like, "Can I come inside?" And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and she goes, she goes to like he lets her go and she's walking there the dude bolts in front of the door and like grabs her up again i'm like dude i was like my dude you gotta let her go man you can't do this right now i'm gonna have to call the cops so he (laughs) this guy lets her go and he's like fine then f you or something and like she's like give me back my car keys blah blah dude steals her car why she goes up to her room i don't even know who she is and then she comes back down and tells me that that was her ex-boyfriend and that she went out to go to work and he must have found out she was there and he like jumped in her car and he's like a stalker. And I was like, what the hell? So we call the cops and they come and then I don't know what happened. But I think it like that dude was being like super aggressive with this girl. What would you guys have done? That's my basic question. I would have finished breakfast and uh, would have, I'm not, I probably would have done the same thing you did, but I probably would have maybe had a weapon on me. Well, my yeah, thing is like, I, mean, look, I ain't trying to get into like any sort of life or death fight or something, right, right. but I also don't want to watch some dude like manhandle a, a, like a, a thin, petite girl. You know what I mean? Right. Would it make any difference if it wasn't a thin, petite girl? Yeah. If it was someone like bigger than me, I'd be like, fuck you. You're on your own, dude. You're bigger than me, <laughs> which is a lot of people. Which is ninety percent of people. I was just gonna say it's like yeah. <laughs> right. The only one smaller than you is fucking leprechaun. Are you sure that wasn't Warwick Davis getting fucking beat up out there? <laughs> well, it did make me feel a little bit better that the dude was like only a little bit bigger than me. So I think I could have took him, but, um, but he didn't want to fight. Crazy stuff. No, he man. didn't. Crazy he just stalkers. wanted to grab this girl in front of people, and it was weird. It's like normally when people are like pieces of shit, they're pieces of shit in private. But sometimes, like, yeah, this people, guy was giving like, no fucks there. This people, like, he was literally like grabbing. He ran. He like grabbed her arm and pulled her back and stuff. And I'm like, you can't do that in front of people, dude. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, what the hell? Save but, that shit for the trailer. Right. Dude. I mean, really, at that I felt point, bad for I this mean, girl though because she seemed super freaking nice, dude. Did she, she want you to call the cops? Piece of shit. Did she ask you to call the cops, or you just went ahead and did that? Yeah. Well, he stole the Oh, car. well then. I would have just called. I would have stayed. He out did of bring the, the car portion. back, and then uh, he. Oh, I forgot to say, he brought the car back. She came in. He he came. She she saw him by the door, opened the door. Was like, give me my keys. He came in and was like grabbing her up again in front of guests and stuff. And then I walked around the corner and I like I went in between. I'm like, dude, get out of here! Like the cops are coming. Was he He's trying like, he to like off. snatch her into the car, or was he just grabbing her because he was just? He idiot. was like, hold, it was creepy. He was like holding her and like wouldn't let her go. He's the and, definition like, of a "it's not over" kind yeah, of guy, right? Yeah, yeah dude. But I'm like, this girl was like pretty calm. <laughs> she didn't seem like it really was like a huge deal. She wasn't freaking out or anything. And I'm like, 
this is a killer. Like this guy's gonna kill you one day because Maybe women right. deal with that shit a lot more than we we. Read yeah, those aggressive stalkers, man. You, they're so unpredictable, man. You don't know well, which, dude, which way they're gonna go, out, right? The guy when I seen him out there at four a.m., he was stayed out there the whole time until oh, yeah. like six thirty. Oh, yeah. No, that's obsession. That, that's obsessive, car. obsessive. He's just standing outside waiting on How did he get there? That, those are the dudes that kill. Yeah, she said it was like his mom's car, his grandma's car, or something. Yeah, man, those are the type of dudes that are obsessed and and end up killing because they don't want anybody else to have her and fucking blah blah blah. Seen that Dateline a million times. Cops is probably the right it's, choice. It, it makes you think though, like oh yeah, how fucking weird the world is. Yeah, man, a lot people of just can never get over breakups and shit, man. You know, people deal with it differently, and some get violent crazy if you're thinking about hurting somebody after a breakup don't hurt anybody don't hurt yourself but if you gotta hurt somebody make sure it's yourself first right <laughs> dave's great advice. that's the great advice right it's there. the truth don't don't hurt I mean, me I a lawsuit is coming shortly a lawsuit you, is coming someone's gonna shoot you the 22 shots pro-suicide if you, I mean, if you're gonna shoot a, if the option is i kill a bunch of people or i or i kill myself kill yourself yeah, you don't want to be shooting up places I mean, and shit. Or just go get help first. And if that, then you know what I mean? But people won't, man. A lot of people don't like to ask for help. They see it as a weakness. Mm hmm. Yeah. I, I can see that. So that's how your but Halloween yeah. went, right? That's nice. Yeah, dude. Isn't that crazy, man? I was like, shit, this is nuts. I was like, and then there's this, like, guest, this Indian guy in the hotel. And he's like, I'm like, hey, Hey man, I'm sorry about this. And he's like, "Does this happen all the time?" I'm like, "Yeah, every night it happens." No, it doesn't happen all the time. <laughs> didn't say that no, I didn't say that. But I'm thinking, like, what do you mean? Does this happen all the time? Was he foreign, or was he just an Indian guy who's an American? He was definitely an Indian guy that was American. I mean, he still had a bit of an Indian accent. What's that? Why do you even mention he was Indian then? I assumed it was just a foreign guy because the foreign guy might be confused if how this shit happens. Well, because it was like, it was a descriptor of like what he looked like. Doesn't matter. Still American, not foreign. If he's racist. <clears throat> no, it's just like you don't just do kidding. that whenever what, you're describing what, someone. Can you imagine going to visit a country and then like the first thing you see in the hotel is just somebody like getting crammed? You're like, is this happening all the time here? Right doesn't happen in canada i'll tell you that it's a great country it's a fucking glorious place mm -hmm. but this is this is why people should carry guns because if somebody's gonna grab you up outside of a hotel you can shoot the fucker in the dick you know what i'm saying i mean pepper spray would get the job done yeah sometimes that shit that shit's medieval man being pepper sprayed pepper spray man oh fuck man have you ever been sprayed before it fucking hurts man it's brutal pepper spray what are you fucking secret rapist or something no man sometimes the cops sometimes the cops will come in like when we were younger if we had like a bush party or some shit and it was a it was a way of controlling crowds and shit they just start spraying people and fuck yeah dude i fuck it's i've seen it happen a few times i got sprayed oh it's fucking hurt you mine was an accidental discharge yeah, the, yeah, the, the time I got it was not accidental. It was accidental fucking discharge on a gun. It was just yeah, police abusing power. Yeah, we were intentionally power, fucking around with it. I wouldn't intentionally fuck around with a gun. Oh, like we kidding. we knew that we knew the outcome of fucking around with pepper spray. Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> and I also know the outcome of fucking around with a gun. One is not deadly. One is fucking inconvenient. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Which one? You better try both and let me know. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was my Halloween. 
so weird. The guy was so weird too. I've and I didn't realize it was the same guy. Most stalkers are thinking about it. Like when he came in and stuff, and I was like, wait a minute. I was like, I I saw that guy earlier. Yeah, stalkers are fucked in the head, man. Fucked in the head, man. That guy, that that guy, that's that's the type of dude that would probably be like, "Why did you hate contamination? You gave it a six and a half." (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? Come on, (laughs) because people are fucking crazy. It's like, oh man, I didn't hate the fucking movie. Do you not listen to review? Come on. No, but uh, stalkers are people you don't want to be fucking with, man. Too unpredictable. Too unpredictable, man. I just find like dudes that like when chicks leave them and they're like obsessed. It's just like it's a bad look, dude. You look it's like ungodly pathetic for anybody to be like that. I mean, I understand you're heartbroken, but you yeah, gotta it, it's one go. thing to get all like you know get all fucked up mentally over it and shit. But when you start getting physical, that's when the shit's like it's you can't bad force corner. someone to like yeah, you, bro. Yeah, exactly. Well, you, like, I never understood the mentality. Like, okay, so you're hurt by this breakup, whatever. But I'm gonna go and physically do like what is that doing? Like, you're not going to win her back by punching her in the it's face like or that, fucking snatching her up in a car and stealing her shit and stuff. Like It's like that quote in Untold Story too. Those who don't love me deserve to suffer. Yeah, see, <laughs> that's, just, that's just literally crazy talk. You know? No, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, n- normal that. normal people don't go and hurt people when they, they're not liked by them. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, you know, no, I don't. I don't need to hurt somebody because they don't like me. It's like fuck. That's fucked up. I actually like hurt people better than I like or that like me. <laughs> They're like, hey man, thanks, thanks for buying me lunch. Yeah, that's why I was so mean to Jeremy all the lunch time. On that fucking park bench, I hit him in the back of the head with a hammer. I only like to hurt people I love. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me feel alive. Right. Put that on my tombstone. Yeah, that's a good quote, man. That's a good quote. <laughs> All right. Well, that was uh, that was a fun story about stalkers. We haven't had a good stalker story on here in a while, so that's cool. Ever? I don't think we've ever. Had <laughs> yeah, I don't think we've ever actually had one. No, uh, pretty, pretty sure not. But um, but anyways, should we possibly get on with uh, week one here of Italian Horror Month? Get into yeah. The, yeah. Ne- the next portion of the show. Yeah, we, I think we've talked enough in this intro. So yeah, so let's move this along, and uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> The words I bring to you today is knowledge reigns supreme. You got no time to joke and play, cause knowledge reigns supreme. Alright, so getting into a quick little knowledge segment here, we're gonna do a quick little uh top ten Antonio Margaretti flicks. And this is coming from flickchart.com. So usually when you type in anything top ten related, flickchart usually comes up right away. And that's how I chose this. So, all right. So I'm going to scroll down to the bottom here. We'll start with number 10 that is on this list. And, um, okay. So number coming to number 10 from Antonio Margaretti is the war of the planets from 1966. Dave, have you seen this and, one? Uh, no, that's what I was going to ask. That's I, this title of that sounds awesome. <laughs> I wonder, it's got a bunch of AKA names, I bet. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I actually, you know what's funny? Okay, so at number nine is War Between the Planets. And these are, I, I think that's the sequel to this one. They came out in the same year, 1966. I know Shout Factory, I pre, no, not Shout Factory, uh, Dark Sky, I think, put out the double feature. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, I, I have these. 
and I've never watched them. Yeah, what I have. What are you? I know it's weird. I actually kind of forgot about it because I was kind of going through all my Antonio Margaretti films. I was going to watch a bunch leading up to the show, of course, obviously the main reviews and stuff. And I was like going through my shit. And I was like, fuck, I have this and it's still sealed. And I've had it for years, man. So yeah, I probably need to check that out. But uh, coming at number eight is your The Hunter from the Future <laughs> from 1983. Yes, the fantasy movie based on the comic book. Is that like swords and sandals type thing yeah 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 i've never watched that one it's it's fun it's, it's supposed to be nuts it's fun i enjoy it yeah there's a there's a pretty cheap blu-ray i think put out by mill creek i think i got it i got yeah, it yeah so yeah i mean you can get it for dirt cheap and uh it's fun it's a fun movie uh coming at number seven uh is the long hair of death which is one of the featured reviews actually it'll be the first review up on the main features uh number six is naked you die which is a really good um giallo from the late 60s 1968 69 somewhere in that have you seen that one dave yeah very fun very poppy very colorful right cute the lead character is a very cute character trying to figure out the crime right it's a a fun movie it is it doesn't have a blue release it does have a dvd release from dark sky which i also have uh here's one as well yeah one i recently watched i know dave just recently watched too is uh and god said to kane coming at number five i watched it too motherfucker oh did you yeah spaghetti western (laughs) starring klaus kinski and it's fantastic man it was in fact i i think all four of those uh those spaghetti westerns in that arrow box that are fucking pretty good man all great yeah i I actually really liked it too yeah it's Um, good man i would like to uh i was actually originally going to pick that as one of the films but then when we watched it for 70 i didn't feel like watching it again so Mm -hmm. Okay, so coming at number four is another one I enjoy, and that is Seven Deaths in the Cat's Eye. Uh, have you guys seen this one? Actually, not. I have it. But no, but I, I guess I'll wait till we get 73. <laughs> yeah, I got a couple different editions. I know I've got the Blue Underground. I never did have the Anchor Bay, but I got the Blue Underground DVD and the 88 Films Blu-ray of it. Which Dude, he those. directed like so many movies as Anthony D or Anthony every, M. Dawson. Every, every movie, <laughs> every movie he directed, I think he used the pseudonym. The pseudonym. There's of a Anthony couple Dawson. that he did. The Golden Arrow was one. Oh really? Yeah. So yeah. like 90 percent of his movies he used is. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think what I think what the appeal was to use a name like um, Anthony or Andre Dawson or whatever it was. No, what was his name? Anthony Dawson. Anthony Dawson was. It sounds so American, right? Yeah. Oh, that that's why they love doing that, right? Like, what was like Lucio Fulci's Lewis Fuller? Yeah, (laughs) Lewis Fuller. (laughs) Oh, everybody has them. Every like Bruno Mattai must have like thirty different aliases, man. He's got so many different. Joe Diamato is Joe Joe Bob talked about this before, and he's like, but he's like, I don't understand why I had to do that because like guys like uh, Sergio Leone and stuff like that didn't do that it was like weird sometimes it had to do if you were if you were under contract under certain uh, production companies and stuff if you went work for another company you had to use a pseudonym right you couldn't use the same name it's kind of like how authors if they're bound to like one um, one uh, company and stuff like stephen king will use pseudonyms to put out because they're under different uh under different companies right sometimes right. Nobody, this was more about Italian like movies. they didn't, they didn't want, want the cheap people ones. to to know it was Italian. <laughs> well, that too, that too, right? Uh, so coming to number three is uh, is a really fun one, and it's got such a great cast. Um, it's called Take a Hard Ride. Needs a Blu-ray release, man. But it's, it's got Lee Van Cleef. Yeah, Jim Brown, Fred Williamson, and every, everybody knows Fred Williamson is like one of my favorite actors, and same same with Lee Van Cleef. Um, I've never seen that one. It's a fun spaghetti western. It's like black exploitation spaghetti western. It's pretty cool. I've heard of it. I've yeah. heard about it. Uh, Anchor Bay 
put out the DVD years and years. It's an older one too, like from the early 2000s. Um, no Blu-ray though. I don't know why. Um, but coming in number two is actually, if I had to pick Antonio Margaretti, if it had to been my choices, this is definitely one of the first films that always comes to my mind when I think of Antonio Margaretti is the Barbara Steele uh, Castle of Blood movie. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. Severn, Severn put out the um, the Blu-ray. It's, I think it's actually one of the bonus features on... Yeah, Wait, I think I actually Apple. have that movie. And Synapse dropped the DVD years and years ago, which I also have too, but it's a good one. It's a good one from 1964. And number one on this list is Cannibal Apocalypse. You know what's <laughs> this really guy has an uh, oh, extensive filmography. They fucked There's up. There's a they lot left, of different shit in there. They left off his three Vietnam movies besides Cannibal Apocalypse. They left off The Last Tornado, The Last Hunter, and Tiger Joe, which are all really cool Vietnam movies. Especially The Last Hunter is a fucking great movie. Yeah, I, I, I noticed like going down the list here, like number 11 is A Stranger and the Gunfighter. I'm assuming that's, yeah, it's a Western kind of thing. Number 13 is another... Um, uh, film that I actually own, but I haven't seen yet, and it's Web of the Spider. I know that one's got Klaus Kinski yeah, in it also. Uh, and then Horror Castle, which I've seen before. Um, and then there's Man. Vengeance. There's Vengeance, which is another spaghetti western, which I believe yeah. um, Argento actually wrote that movie, and and Margretti directed it. So uh, where the fuck is The Last Hunter? Holy shit. So I'm down at number 20 here. So where's the fucking Dynamite Joe... Uh, golden Golden Arrow is at number twenty four. Death Rage is at number twenty six. I remember. I know that one because Death Rage is all right. Death yeah, Rage is all right. Yul Brenner's in that one, and I'm I'm a big Yul Brenner fan. I like him. Um, oh, The Last Hunter number twenty eight. <laughs> I thought that movie was great. What's wrong with me? And The Last Tornado. That's him too, isn't it? Dude, how many fucking men? And Tiger oh. Joe is good. I always Margaretti has a really like deep filmography, dude. Man, he directed <laughs> uh, the sequel to Wild Ge- Codename Wild Geese. <laughs> <laughs> Nineteen. It says Van, Van Cleef's in that one. Ernest Borgnine's in that one. Oh, okay. That's a good cast. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I feel like I need to check if he directed the last tornado. I'm I not. Mean, I thought he did the four Vietnam movies, and three of them were considered kind of a loose trilogy. But okay, so this is funny. So there's five pages of Antonio Margheriti films here, and the very last movie is number forty-one, and it is Killer Fish. <laughs> <laughs> so I, was, I was trying to find where it was ranked in, in Vietnam here. or something no he's a fucking Italian director what what he fucking came to America to serve in Vietnam on his own free will you insane I, I mean dude I don't know like uh, he could have grew up the French the French were in Vietnam before the Americans were the Italian did the Italians ever go no I don't believe so it was the French no the Italians no no yeah I know it was sort of like fucking just mostly americans all right so that is uh a quick little top 10 flicks according to flick chart of antonio margaretti those are always fun to do such an interesting filmography this guy though like he he has a deep one and there's all kind of different types of movies in there like like even going from the three films that we're covering are vastly different. Movies. Oh yes, yeah. different decades too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite a it, quite an interesting spread that we have too, because between the Long Haired Death, which was like sixty five, to the next one, which is Killer Fish in nineteen seventy nine, that's quite a quite a gap yeah. in filmography right there. So, I should but mention- even just the look of the films in the style, right? Yeah. Like it, like when you look at Long Haired Death, which is this like gothic y, yeah. um, you know, slow burn like witchy type type movie ghostly type thing and then 
to like a heist movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like he's it's more of an action guy first. He's definitely an action guy first. Yeah, he... long hair death is is completely different. So it's like yeah, it shows range. It's like Castle of Blood though too, which kind of makes sense because it was done around the same time as uh, Long Hair Death, right? He's he's kind of a journeyman, right? He does what's popular, but he does it well. Yeah, right, right. Okay. Oh, oh that movie's called Last Blood. AKA tornado, not the last tornado. I was mixing those up. So if anybody wants to check it out, hmm. interesting. Yeah. He's, he's got tons of movies to choose from, man. And a lot of his movies do have releases. It's kind of interesting. There's some Italian Blu-rays of his movies too, or that I have an import of uh, tornado. Nice. All right. So yeah, that's top 10 films from Antonio Margaretti. <laughs> Feature presentation. Yo, who this? Yo, Moods, it's your boy, the ill-mented funky child, calling you to remind you that the featured reviews on this episode contain spoilers. Aw, oh, yeah, man, that's right, brother. Thanks for the heads up, player. Now go back to being an unproductive asshole. Fuck you. I tell your listeners to stop being so dumb, silly, sensitive. Yeah. All right, so getting into the featured reviews here on episode 214, Antonio Margaretti, week one of Italian Horror Month, 2021. Let's do this. All right, so we're going to... believe it's been seven years, bro. Yeah, man, seven this years sucks. of Italian. And, you know, the, the, the cool thing is is that it's kind of caught on. I see people do certain things with Italian Horror Month, and I'm like, where'd you guys get that idea from? But that's good. That's oh, yeah, good. and I, I guess we should say that this show is going to post, like, right... I think it's going to post right before... Is this our first year? This is our eighth year? I think I think our anniversary is coming up. It's... It's either this week or then the or the fourth week. I yeah, can't it's it's in November sometime, I yeah. believe. So yeah, it's it's around that time. So all right, so we're gonna take it back to 1965 with a black and white film called The Long Hair of Death. Yeah, of course, starring the beautiful Barbara Steele. Yeah, all right. So quick little synopsis here. Um. Oh, that's this is ridiculous. Okay, that's so a uh, well, yeah, it is. It's actually it's actually wrong, kind of. And it, okay, <laughs> the, I don't know why does this always happen with these stupid. Okay, I'm not reading the other one because it's too long. But this one is. We'll elaborate. A woman under suspicion of witchcraft is burned alive. Her curse brings her back from the dead for revenge, which is mm, not ba- accurate. It's not accurate at all. Actually, it's really stupid. Barbara's Barbara seldom seldom looked more beautiful. Okay. What? Avery Moody, atmospheric year horror. Okay, that's just fucking ridiculous. That wait, is, wait, hold like, on. In your two fucking sentence description of the a- movie, Avery like, Moody. Half of it, half it is, half of it is wrong. It's supposed half to be a it, very. The other Moody? half is just telling how good Barbara Steele looks. Yeah, it's pretty much. And and of course, if if I was to read the longer version here on IMDb, it's it's just longer and it just kind of goes into everything, but we'll get into this stuff. It talks about her breast size and her waist size. And her fucking description. It's like, I like her dark piercing eyes. It's like, uh, all right. So get, you know, to elaborate on that really bad film synopsis, basically the film opens up with, 
with a character, um, this mother who has been obviously accused of witchcraft. Because this movie is taking place in the 1400s, of course. What's her name, Odes? The mom's name? Carmelia Karstein, which is a very famous whore name, obviously from the book, The Carmilla, the Vampire, and the Vampire Lovers, of course. Right, right. Um, So, yeah, she's been accused of witchcraft, and of course, we're in the 1400s, and that's what they did back in those days. So, she ultimately burns at the stake. And she has an older daughter played by Barbara Steele. She goes by the name of Helen in this movie. And she also has a really young daughter too, uh, which the character's name is Elizabeth uh, Karenstein. So basically the short and long of it is Barbara Steele's character um, kind of knows the real reason to why her mom actually burnt at the stake and stuff like that. And ultimately is killed herself because she has this, she knows what's going on and stuff. And what happens is the youngest daughter, Elizabeth, she's taken in by, you know, the count and, and that family who basically murdered her family. And she's for, and now it's, it kind of jumps forward. She's about like 10 years old or something like that. 10, 15 years old. She's like a young adult kind of thing. And now she's married to the count. Uh, she's kind of forced to marry the count actually. And this yep. guy's a very despicable person and stuff like that. She doesn't want anything his to do with it. Kurt. Yeah. His name is Kurt. And name? He's the son. He's the son of, you know, the, 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 head of the family i read it he's the nephew of him but yeah he might be the nephew yeah i know it's not really <laughs> it's not actually really explained if he's the the son or the nephew i've always been confused about that too but anyways he's you know he's part of the family he's a very despicable person he forces they force the marriage upon elizabeth and um yeah so <laughs> do we want to keep going with the the synopsis on there there's also a deadly plague that's sweeping the land so yeah that, that's something that happens here so when the mother is burnt at the stake she basically she basically puts a curse on you know them and stuff and she says there's going to be a deadly plague and you're all doomed and blah 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 and stuff and then of course it kind of comes true the plague kind of sweeps through the nation people are dying and things like that and one thing leads to another and there's a there's basically a um uh, kind of a lightning storm there's a lightning storm and it essentially uh, brings back um, Helen's character. And um, that's that's where the narrative always trips me out in this movie. So there's a scene where she basically gets resurrected from this lightning strike and stuff. And she comes <laughs> yeah, back. But it's also her daughter like like praying. Right. She wants her sister to come back and kind of help her with this. What's going on? Because she's been forced to marry this evil fucking count and stuff like that. And so she does come back, but she doesn't come back as Helen. She comes back as a different, uh, different name. Well, uh, nobody Harry. recognizes her either. I mean, that, the that's does, what's annoying but... about. First of all, OK. Yeah. These so, type of movies are so hard for me to follow because you have the same actress playing multiple roles. And then you have. You have two actresses people not acting as piece. if someone looks like someone else. So, you know what because, I mean? Because the king knows she's dead, so he's like, "It can't be her." He's freaked the fuck out. Yeah. So that's what, like, and that's the weird part about the movie is that nobody she really looked the same. She wouldn't look like that if she was gone for fifteen years. Yeah. So Helen's character gets resurrected as Mary, and but that's that's the whole thing that annoys me about this movie though is that like certain people don't realize, but obviously the king knew because he had a heart attack and fucking died. Because, like, she shouldn't be alive kind of well, thing. Well, I mean, some people think that she was supposed to come back. Like, it was still possible for her to come back to the daughter and to the, the um, nephew because they didn't see her die. The king actually saw her die. You know right. what I mean? Right. He actually killed her. But right. well, he knows something's wrong. And he's been horribly kind of messed up since the plague, since they were cursed. He probably puts it on himself. And the other guy, the nephew, is clearly a sociopath. So right. he doesn't give a flying fuck what happens. Exactly. Yeah. The so- other guy's riddled with guilt. 
Right, right. So, yeah, the other confusing thing that a lot of people might get twisted in this movie, too. So, of course, Barbara, Barbara Steele plays two different characters, Helen and Mary. And um, so does the, yeah, but so does Lewinsky does, so, too. Yeah, so, yeah. Liz, so Elizabeth's character, the older version of Elizabeth, um, she actually plays Adele. She's the witch. She's the, She plays the mother in the beginning of the film who burns at the stake. And then when she's yeah. grown up as Elizabeth, because we see Elizabeth when she burns at the stake, she's like 10 years old. So it jumps forward and then she's an adult, which is played by the same actress actress. So I think that's why some people get a little bit twisted, <laughs> you know, because you're like, yeah, that, she that, plays that, the that, mom that, and the, and the younger that, daughter. Couldn't you just completely omitted the middle daughter? No, the, the elder daughter. No. Cause then they don't have fucking enough actresses. <laughs> But no, because it's the same actress. No, they're not going to have her play two roles, and then she has to. They have to do like trick photography. Yeah. What? No, because the older daughter, the younger daughter, is actually the mother in the beginning. Same actress, and Barbara Steele comes back as a you know. It's she's basically resurrected. It is her. Yeah. No, I'm I'm saying that like, couldn't you have just made it the mother instead? Make Barbara Steele the mother. Oh, I see what you're saying. Daughter, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Daughter, probably just have that. You don't need the middle yeah. daughter, this other daughter. Well, <laughs> some, the king's got to be screwing somebody. I don't know if he's a king. The, the lord has to be screwing somebody when the mother's burning. He can't screw her when she's burning now, can he? Yeah. Well, I mean, but it's... You could have worked around it. I always just thought it was very interesting. It just makes him marry the daughter. I just always thought it was interesting, the age gap between, you know, Helen's character and Elizabeth, because they're like quite different in age, right? In the beginning of the film when the mom burns, right? So I think that's what's so confusing because Barbara Steele is old enough to be her sister's mother, but she's not. I think that's probably, and and, you know, the way these stories are told, the way the narrative is told, it could be a little bit confusing, like I said, with multiple people or people playing multiple characters and just the way the stories are told, because it it doesn't really elaborate too well. People playing two characters. Like, you know, it's not just one playing. Well, especially if you read, especially if you read that synopsis where it's completely wrong and it says her curse brings her back from the dead for revenge. Now you're thinking, okay, so the Elizabeth character, she's resurrected into this because she's playing two different characters. Is she the resurrection of her mother? (laughs) Right, because she's the same actress, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I mean, I've seen this movie a bunch of times, and and it's not really that confusing if you're paying attention. But it's I can kid, see, no, it is. Dude. I can it's see, I can see, I can see up on it. I had convoluted. I don't. It is a little bit. Con- I mean, honestly, if you Everybody had different actresses, if you had a different actress Ow. playing the mother. And then you just introduce, you know, Elizabeth's characters as Helena or whatever, and then she, you know, and of course Barbara Steele, whatever. It would probably make a little bit more sense on the surface because if you have different actors, it's very easy to separate them. But that's not really my main... I don't really have a lot of problems with this film. I think it's a really decently made film. I think the narrative itself is a little bit mudded and a little bit convoluted at times. And it's a product of its time and early storytelling in Italian films, though, too. They don't really elaborate on things as much as they probably should. Yeah, it overcomplicates a simple narrative. It's really the only issue I have with it. That's the convolution. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's the convolution of the narrative and stuff. But, you know, it is what it is. I've kind of accepted that because I've seen so many of these early Italian films and the narratives are never, never perfect and stuff. I think my main problem with this movie is just the simple fact that I don't know, man. I, I just don't think there's they're not really hiding a lot within the story and stuff, because, I mean, it's pretty obvious what's going on, um, even even on a first time watch. Like there's there's no kind of mystery to what's really happening unless I'm just seeing it differently than other people I mean, 
You know what I'm saying? It's like when it's it's very straightforward, but convoluted at the same time, which doesn't make sense. I mean, it, there's no like twist or turns. No, that, that's know what exactly I'm saying. What's happening? I feel like but there's missed opportunity or a good thing. Yeah, I, the way it's told. I just feel like it's a missed opportunity because when you're playing this type of story where you know you have superstitions and you have witches and ghosts and things like that and stuff, I but you know I, I feel like there could be some some really good twists and turns that happen in this. With they, they did, they just don't really come. Um, I just think it's kind of a missed opportunity a little bit when you're telling a story like this, but I think it looks fantastic. I mean, the cinematography is great. great. Oh, I dude. love Design castles. Great. It's a yeah, the castles are awesome, dude. Actually, like, with, the, the the whole production value to this movie is amazing. The costumes are really good. Um, the atmosphere, the castle, like just everything about it is really, really well done. And the cinematography is fucking beautiful. It looks amazing. I don't know how you guys watch this. I watched the 88 films Blu-ray. I do have the um, Raro Blu-ray also. And I actually watched it blindfolded, and I uh, spun around the room for like an hour while watching it. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. But I will say, though, the black and white cinematography in this really does sell the movie with the with the great costumes and stuff. Like, the production value is here, you know. Um it's it's just more story wise and stuff. I just feel like I just feel like if there had been a little bit of mystery, a little bit of twists and turns within the narrative towards the end and stuff, and even the revenge portion of the movie, I feel like it doesn't pack that pungent punch. You know what I'm saying? It's like I feel mm-hmm. like that that since Kurt is such a fucking douchebag, he's an asshole. He does he doesn't give a shit about anybody but himself. This guy is forced his marriage on this girl. She doesn't want blah blah blah. We all know the story. I just feel like the revenge that they get towards him at the end isn't justified enough because people don't really know what's happening in the end, except for the viewers and the people that are involved with the direct revenge. You know what I'm saying? I think if it had been outed a little bit more and maybe they even tortured him a little bit more leading up to what happens in him at the end, it's kind of like a moral of the story. It's like a moral tale in a sense, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, what goes around comes around because that's what happens, right? That's what fucking happens. And um, I just feel like there's a little bit of a missed opportunity. I think you probably could have done something a little bit more considering how much effort you put into really showcasing what an asshole Kurt is in this film. I just feel like so, his demise isn't really, it, it doesn't pack that edge that it probably should. I'm fine with the way it ends, but I just feel like it could have been a little bit more heightened. It's a, it's a minor gripe, but you know, you know what I was thinking about while watching this, and you know, I've seen so many movies where like the woman is married to a piece of shit or like forced into marriage and stuff like that. Yeah, and like, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, obviously the audience is supposed to think this is bad, like the the this guy's a dickhead. But I'm like, it's in night like in 1964, like women's rights and like you know being pushed down by by men was still like really happening and i'm like especially in it's italy it's kind of interesting how right filmmakers were like no 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 this is bad you know what i mean like because uh, filmmakers have always been having social commentary and stuff like that but it's like you, when you put it in perspective when it came out it's like wow that's actually kind of interesting you know that that people were you well, know films are usually ahead of the curve for the most right. part a lot of that but stuff i was just like surprised that i'm like I've seen so many of these and it's like, why it's like all, it's always like the, the filmmakers who are like speaking out about it. Like it's kind of interesting. I just didn't ever really put those two things together that like when this came out, that's and when because the films of this era it, I think out. it was, it, it was easier to hide the commentary within films because a lot of people see films for surf value, like for <clears throat> face value. They don't really look between the lines and even like a lot of people will just be like, 
you know, I didn't really see that commentary in there because I wasn't looking for it and kind of thing. But you can put that in there because in 1964, people might have just been taking this movie as a straight up kind of witchery, ghost, gothic type film, right? They're not really seeing what's really being told here. You know what I'm like, saying? Like, did, did the did the Kurtz of the world watch this movie and be like, oh, my God, that's me? Or they, they like this guy's a dick, but then go home and do the same shit. You know what I mean? Probably. <laughs> Probably. Nobody ever sees themselves as the villain. Right. No, Nobody no, exactly. Why would you? <laughs> um, but, but no, um, no I, I think this movie is uh, very atmospheric and I really enjoyed the segments where they showed like the, the, the bot, the corpse and stuff like even when the, like, yeah, that was, I think fun. It's breathing. That was fun. And then it's like rats. Like that was actually kind of scary. I was like, "Yo, that's creepy as shit." You know, the skeleton just starts breathing and shit. You that's know, that's where Friday. That's where Friday Six got their uh, resurrection idea of was from this movie. <laughs> the, right, the lightning Jason strike was just rats. <laughs> yeah, so but I, 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 I still think it's a pretty interesting way yeah. of, even though it's completely ludicrous and doesn't really make any fucking sense at all, but it's kind of cool that they came up with this idea in like 64 or 65 to, to just resurrect somebody strictly through a fucking lightning strike. I thought it was kind of cool, man. Well, I mean, that is Frankenstein. That's Frankenstein. Yeah. But I mean, it's, but, but, it was it's different. Also, th- I think we're supposed to get the idea that her like wishing but that was also a scientific thing like, like it's an experiment yeah. well, she was that, also cursed i mean it was a curse it was, right. it was destiny it was gonna happen right true right. yeah i mean but this is like straight nature type lightning I'm, I'm not talking about like you know frankenstein's on a fucking bed and he's hooked up to a machine and stuff and they're resurrecting him through lightning strikes and shit but you know i guess it's been done but so it, Margaret it's still cool. didn't like this. Film. I still think it's cool, man. I think that whole scene looks really cool and shit. And I, I love the fu- man. The one scene in this movie I love is when they go down and they're they're hiding the sister's body, and then they get locked in that fucking basement and shit. I love that scene, man, because that would be fucking creepy as hell to have actually have happened to you. Like thinking to yourself, going shit, I just got locked in here, literally with bars. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, then. Yeah, but then they find it, it, it's very convenient that you know they find a way out of there. And, and it, but I love those things, man. Those big walk-in fireplaces and shit. Like everything about this movie is just, it's cool, man. I love the I love the castle setting and and kind of the twists and turns that are happening in there and shit. But mm. we know. even get a slight uh, hint of the plague with the one dude outside. And I'm like, oh, that's that's a nice little touch because a lot of time you'll hear about a plague, but you don't see any damn plague right, right. <laughs> in these movies. But um, the, um, Antonio Margheriti actually did not like this movie. That's, I was reading about. That's interesting. Yeah, he man. said that he thought the script and the story were really poor. Well, I mean, it, it, the one thing about this movie that interests me most is this is the one thing that always interests me about films in general, especially at this time. Uh, this movie isn't very original, and I don't want to sound that as a negative. It shares so much DNA in movies from the past and movies that would come forward. Right. I mean, it has Barbara Steele in it, who was made famous from Black Sunday, where she was put to death uh, wrongfully and then came back for revenge. That, her, I was totally getting that. Black then, Sunday vibes the whole time. Also, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's then always been also, compared to that movie. Let me finish my thought on this, because I got like, then I'm pretty done on this. And then we have like angel of satan which came out a couple years later she kind of plays the dual role of a character coming back it's just such a similarities to that kind of stuff yeah. it also has the plague re- plague stuff which api aip was doing that shit hammer was doing all that shit um the crooked castle, castle shit with the witch wrongfully accused witch we were having witch finder general then with 1970 we went through all that all those movies were that this is such a product of its fucking time and it's it, you know what i mean it's all those things we have all the superstition we have the crooked religious people we have the people it, it's 
it's so much a product of its time. It's effective, but it's very typical. It's mm. not that yeah. special, right. but it's well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that it's like, it, honestly, coming from the 1970s show, and then also, um, like last year, me and Moods reviewed Mask of the Red Death, which still hasn't came out, actually, <laughs> that review. Um, and uh, what else did we do? Um, the, the, uh, Black Sunday before, I was just getting like, when I first started, I was like, oh no, not again. I just got out of the witch era. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but no, no, I mean, it, I started, you know, enjoying it and, and stuff like that. But it, it's, uh, it, it is so, it is so of its time. <laughs> it's so, it's so Euro horror. It's such a Euro horror of its time. But, you know, if I've learned anything from watching movies, you know, throughout my whole life and stuff, and sometimes when you see the same typical narratives and stories and things like that, it can be re- repetitive if and kind of annoying if they're not done well. But I think that's what kind of separates this one a little bit, at least the cinematography and everything, you know, technical aspects of the movie are, are really, really beautiful. And, well, and they're well, you know, and that's the thing. And that's, that's what kind of separates it from watching the other typical ones. Cause if you didn't have this beautiful cinematography and, and the costumes and the castle and, you know, even the effects and, and stuff, mo- most of the effects look pretty cool and stuff. I mean, I'm not sure how they would look in color. They probably look a lot better in black and white, but I'm just saying, even though it is typical and I 100% agree with it because there's really nothing original about the movie at all that it 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 does it it does have its own flavor because it does it well right and i think that's what works for it and stuff and it you know i like these gothic type movies and a lot of these movies are let's face it man a lot of movies from back in the day at this time were all very simple and kind of similar and shit like that when you're exploring in these certain areas like gothic films and stuff like i mean you even look at hammer films i mean come on yeah they're all they're all similar but it's a good thing because i mean it is it's it's that branching piece into the 70s for sure and right right in the dead heart center that stuff i'm completely burnt out on this type of movie and i still enjoyed it so like that goes to show that i thought it was pretty solid because i'm really really burnt out on on these type of movies right now well period Um, pieces period pieces right like 1970 was it was all foreign period pieces yeah costume films witches and and you know falsely accused and slow burns and hey, what was that one we watched like last year or the year before that was a renato P- poselli movie it was a lot kind of like this too where they all died in the past as witches and they all come back in different form remember that what was oh uh, yeah uh, what, what the fuck was that one um <laughs> dude why can't i think of the title of it at this point uh, uh renato poselli it, it'll, it'll it wasn't come. delirium no it's what not- was it called Oh my god, I cannot think of the title was of the it movie. The, Sister was of Ursula? No, that's not even Pacelli. No, no. <laughs> fucking, I don't know. Dude, by, by, the way, by the way, just just to say this, Moods asked how we watch this. Um, so, I have for the first time ever in my entire life, I purchased a movie digitally. Um, was it the reincarnation of Isabel? Yes, it was. It yes. had AK name too, though. That's exactly okay. what it was. Yep. Um, Black, Black Magic Rights. Yep. Yep. That's it. Because we did the va- okay. the ballerina one too on that show, right? Valerie. Yep. And that yeah, that, Valerie, was that ballerina had a lot like this movie too. Right. Right. And and yeah. they're really and they're all about the same time period. <laughs> exact same. They're thing. all the same movie. Yeah. It's kind of funny. <laughs> um. But the uh, look in that episode, it says thanks, Dave, and see you in the near future. Cool. Yeah, what are you talking so, about? You motherfucker. <laughs> 
What's what's it say? That episode? It's a, at the, uh, in the show notes, it says, thanks, Dave, and see you in the near future. Little did we know we'd see so much of you. You're not seeing yeah. any of me. You're hearing me. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. But yeah, no, so, Are you seeing me? Where are you? You're not in my I, room. I don't see anything. <laughs> I've purchased a movie digitally. Isn't that crazy? So it, to rent this movie, it was... Welcome to two, fucking 2021, $2.99, I think. And to buy it, it was 5 And <laughs> I was like... Well, I and, guess I'll fucking buy it. And here I have like two Blu-rays of it. Fuck. Yeah, I got a Blu-ray of it too. I don't own it, but I thought that that was. I've I've always avoided buying movies digitally because I'm like against it. Why? Because I it's just I don't I don't like it. It's that why? you don't know you don't own it. Why? They could take it away at any time. But why? <laughs> That's happened this all night. Like you know, people's hat, people's, I mean, it's rare, but it happens. It's raro. Shut up. Um, uh, yeah. So bought it digitally. So that's. I don't really have much else to say. I don't really have anything else to say. Um, should we just get into some ratings? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, GP. I went first last time. All right. So Dave, you go. Uh, seven out of ten. Good movie. Okay, Jeremy. What do you want? I just fucking told you everything about the movie. What do you want? What do you want me to repeat what I said? Cinematography's good. Very standard. Very entertaining. No, when you say something different. I don't got anything else different. I like Barbara Steele. She's good. There you go. I guess my turn. Um, I'll go. Um, I actually really enjoy this movie, man. I think it's... Uh, you know me, I, I'm a very visual person. I like really great visuals and shit like that. And this one kind of does it for me and stuff. Yeah, I've always had problems with the narrative because it's it's a little bit uh, mudded is probably the word for it. Um, I will say though, the opening scene in the film where the mother is burning at the stake um, is is kind of intense, man. You, you really do feel that she's just completely being wronged, hardcore, and uh, it's kind of I don't know, man. I just really that scene is just intense, man. The way they're lighting up the you know everything. You love witches it. burning. That's your thing. But they really they they really make a focus point it's not just like we light it and we watch her burn kind of thing where you've seen in a lot of these witch movies where they don't really put a lot of effort into that scene but this one just has a lot of fire in it it's a really big scene they put a lot of effort they have into a big it. maze and shit like yeah it's a, it's a whole ordeal yeah sure. it is it, it just looks a lot different than the than the typical witch burning at the stake type things it's more genuine doesn't it because it's, it's so it's such a big deal well i think it's also the way it's filmed though too because like you see her and and as everything's going up she's cursing out everybody and stuff and then you see the king and he's kind of like fuck man like gee, like he's watching this thing go down it's cutting back to her and she's like giving her spiel and shit like that and and just keeps going on and on and on you feel the heat you feel the you know the death approaching her and shit like that is it's a cool scene it's a really well done opening scene to the movie and shit like that um and it, like i said you know it might throw people off because that actress is turns out to be the younger daughter <laughs> later in the film you're just like what the fuck it's so weird that they did that but um, I really enjoy this one. Eight out of ten for myself. Yeah, uh, I dig it. I I think that the fact that um, completely burn out on this genre and I still manage to enjoy it, I, I'm happy that I own it digitally. That's what I'm going to say. Uh, I'll give it a seven out of ten. You said exactly seven. what you said during the review. No, I said that I didn't say I was happy I owned it digitally. <laughs> No, I mean, that's the fucking thing. And Moods repeated himself, but Moods said something new. He added the fucking witch. Yeah, so did I. I said that I'm happy I bought it digitally. That's I didn't not say new. that before. That is, yes, it new. is. That's not a big I, reveal. <laughs> well, you got a portion. You got to like kind of. chicken wings, and then the reveal is you had like 
fucking extra ranch dressing or something like oh man it's crazy it's fucking sometimes sometimes you got to repeat yourself to get to the new point right so yeah yeah, but JP you didn't talk have a new point. I mean, his new point had nothing to do with the movie. It had to do with his preference of purchase. <laughs> He's still focusing on digital versus physical. <laughs> Fucking nobody guy. cares. <laughs> He's like, hey guys, it's 1999. You hear about this thing called digital video disc? <laughs> digital video disc. What was that thing that you like talked really slow? Music box. <laughs> digital video disc oh that's great and this is why people don't like you you had to bust my balls you're like say something else i was like i already said what i had to say what do you want to make something up (laughs) (sighs) i just said okay jeremy why did you even buy it anyways you know what you mean by okay jeremy (laughs) dave could have just sent you a copy of it i mean you could you could just easily got one you could have rented it for 2.99 then bought it later Right. Now you spend an extra two bucks. Yeah, both Blu-rays that you can get of it are very readily available. So this guy just wasted two cheap. bucks, and they're cheap. I waste money all the time. Yeah, I'm wasting money right now. <laughs> okay, I've been all right. This whole time. All right, so that is the uh, the long-haired death from 1965. Killer fish. All right, so moving along into 1979. So, yeah, this is uh, about 14 years after Long Hair of Death comes a film called Killer Fish. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, all right, so quick little synopsis. Jewel thieves attempt to recover treasure from a piranha-infested waters. Mistrust and betrayals happen amongst the gang in the quest for gold. In the quest for gold? Gold. It's emeralds, right? It's fucking... Yeah, but it's, it's just a saying. It's diamonds. Come on. Should be Wait, in the it's quest diamonds? Of jewels. It's, it's diamonds jewel. and emeralds. It's diamonds and emeralds. Oh. It's jewels. So I guess they got the jewel thieves thing. Correct. All right. So have you guys seen this movie before? No, GP yeah. hadn't. Yeah, nope. I've seen this one before. It'd been years, man. I, I bought the Scorpion Blu-ray when it came out years and years ago, and I hadn't seen it since. So I actually was, saw it on a DVD I imported. <laughs> it was oh. like a single beach or some shit like that. And then when they released the Blu-ray like five years after that, I bought that and put it on the shelf and hadn't watched it. Yeah. Um, I could probably tell you when I re- originally reviewed this, it was probably like fucking 12 years ago. Right. Okay, so, uh, yeah, this one right here has got an interesting cast, man. It's got Lee Majors, you know, the $6 million man himself in it. Lee Majors. Lee fucking Majors, man. From Scrooge. Remember Scrooge? Yep. Scrooge is awesome. Lee Majors. I love that movie, man. Scrooge is fucking (laughs) awesome. Uh, It's got the beautiful Karen Black in it. Margot Hemingway, who is the the granddaughter of Ernest Hemingway. Um, Yeah, among people, man. There's a bunch of other faces in here that you probably recognize. James Franciscus, obviously. (laughs) Roy Broxmith's death in this movie. (laughs) Um, Who would you say? Roy Broxmith. Oh, man. He's the photographer in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy from Total Recall and Arachnophobia. And your boy's in this, Anthony Stefan. Anthony Stefan's in it also, yeah. Yeah, it's got it's got a lot of uh a lot of decent actors in this, man. People that are in everything, basically. So it's a great cast for this kind of movie for sure. Yeah, it really is. Um I think the cast is probably better than the movie. <laughs> what? Itself. I enjoy this movie quite a bit. I, and I, can I say one thing before we get into this? Yeah. 
Say it. So I get on Letterbox and I'm looking at the reviews, the ratings, and I'm like, it's got. I'm like ready to rate it. And I'm like, oh, I love this movie. And I'm going to put my rating as I see everybody else's ratings. I'm like one half a star. And then I start reading the reviews and I'm like, oh, it was on Mystery Science Theater. So everybody who ever watched Mystery Science Theater just assumed this movie was a one star movie because it was on Mystery Science Theater and never thought for themselves. Oh so wow, I didn't. I didn't know this. I didn't know this movie was on Mystery Science Theater. Crazy. Yeah, the movie. The movie gets popular because it was on Mystery Science Theater, but because it was on <laughs> Mystery Science Theater, everybody dogs the movie all the they time. Just like it's bad. like it's on yeah, I like never, it's on watch. That's really that's inter- why I don't really like Mystery Science Theater. You know, I never thought like I mean, this movie is definitely not the usual quality that appears on Mystery Science Theater. I mean, the quality of the movie is pretty good. You know, in the cast and stuff. They, 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 they've shown some decent movies on Mystery Science Theater. Yeah. But everyone's got to have This one just doesn't Dude, seem Swarm like... Swarm is on Mystery Science Theater. It's the first episode I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, I could see that one. But I, this this type of movie almost seems like it's it, it's too serious to be on something like that. It's weird. It just doesn't seem like the quality movie that would but be on there. It's a goofy movie just because it's such a mismatch of fucking well, genres, which is Antonio Margariti's kind of style. He's like, well, this is a, I can't just make a horror movie or an action movie. It's got to be four fucking things. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, this one, this one basically starts out with, uh, with our main characters, the four of them, um, they're doing a train heist and, you know, the opening scene is really cool, man. You got some, it, it's really well done. Like there's a lot of explosions and a lot of shit that's happening and stuff. It, <laughs> it feels like a yeah, miniatures. It feels like a decent budget film and stuff. It, it, it plays itself out pretty well and stuff. And then, uh, so basically after they rob this train and stuff, they have these, uh, they have these jewels and what they decide to do is they decide to hide the jewels for about 60 days is what they say in the film, you know, <laughs> well, to, to, to kind of, yeah, just to kind of throw off the feds and everyone that's looking for them and stuff before they start actually dispersing. It's actually not stuff. a bad strategy. You go out there, start selling those jewels right away. Well, I mean, yeah, you're you should, that's what you should do. You should actually hide the stuff for a while. So that's what they do. Yeah. And they decide to, you know, take a boat to this kind of remote area and uh, throw these jewels into the water. Um, which is a good hiding place. It's in the open, but it's very, very hidden. But what they don't know is that this dam that they throw the the jewels into is actually infested with piranhas. So recovering the jewels is going to be a little bit of a fucking challenge. <laughs> but there is a it's twist. Such, why the piranhas are there. And, and, and of course there is a twist to why the piranhas are actually in there. And that kind of, in that kind of play, that. and it plays into the into the where the you know synopsis read mistrust and betrayals happen amongst the gang in the quest for the gold. Um, so, what are your thoughts on the movie? Gee, people start with you. I haven't seen this one before. Um, I like how it's just a bunch of different. Like D- Dave said it before. I seen the movie. It's like a heist movie, and mm-hmm. then a fucking disaster disaster movie, a killer animal movie. I like that about it. Um, I feel like the piranha attacking scenes, some of them work good. And like, some of them are just like, you know, blurry underwater footage of fish swimming around. It's stock footage. (laughs) It's stock footage that they used. Yeah. Right. Um, I I had a hard time and, and this usually happens the first time I watched, uh, movies from the seventies, particularly have a hard when there's a lot of characters, I have a hard time of remembering who's who. A lot of times so that that's kind of on me um i could tell that everybody's like you know out for themselves and you know want to get wants to get uh you know the, the, the i don't know why nobody could ever follow the damn rules just like just wait the 90 just wait the what was it 60 days criminals i know but it's <clears throat> i i get it i get it at the same time you know it's like that's the point like the the, the same people that robbed somebody probably don't have the best 
level of character when it comes to honesty. <laughs> yeah, they probably are very impulsive. Right. Yeah, the trust exactly. level is yeah usually not there. <clears throat> yeah, so. But no, I, I think it's a a pretty good movie. Uh, it's it's not my favorite of the three here. What? Um, shut up! It's not <laughs> yours either. <laughs> um, the fat guy dying had me like dying, bro. You thought I, th- I felt bad for that guy. Why? <laughs> it's just it's Why? like such it's a fucking it's such a disaster too because you know it's gonna happen. It's just like it's like in slow mo for about five minutes before it even happens. Yeah, why, so why would you send him uh, with somebody else? He's way too big. To <laughs> that's what I yeah on a raft with that's full like, of holes. It's full of holes. And what's funniest when the piranha reaches up and bites his finger? It literally bites his fucking finger through the hole in the raft. I was yeah. like, what is this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's, he's like, like, like he was saying. So, what was he saying? He's like they, they can reach or something i forget what he said he said something <laughs> like this isn't gonna work he, he's such a he's like super flamboyant over the top and like it's it's perfect casting because the only time i've ever seen that dude is just him in arachnophobia and total recall and like you just know that dude's getting fucked up every movie he's in you're like that dude is getting fucked up right as he should <laughs> why why do you like him well he doesn't do anything wrong but he's love, there for he's there to die, man. Love you got to this movie, um, like especially when like uh, Margot uh, Margot Hemingway falls in the water, and fucking Lee Majors gets knocked in the water and pulls her in the water, and then fucking he walks over there and he's like, "You just ruined a thousand dollar suit," and he's like, "How much is your uh, fucking digs?" And he pulls him in the fucking water too. Yeah, yeah. Lee Majors is really charming in this movie, man. He's, he's he works really well as a lead in this kind of thing, and his back and forth with James Franciscus when they're playing that gambling game. And Dude, it's pretty- do not, does anybody know how to play backgammon? Because I've never learned. I'm always confused. He telegraphs the entire movie. He's like, I guess you underestimated me. That's some like low rent James Bond shit going on. Right, right. There. right. That's exactly the, the 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 feeling you get from those scenes right there. Actually, that's that scene where Margot Hemingway. Like, right? she, like, okay, so Margot Hemingway, she plays a model in the in the movie, and Roy <clears throat> and the photographer is played by Roy Brogsmith. And I never knew his name. Yeah, I, I just I recognize him like from a He's bunch of. Yeah, he yeah. is. He's just one of those guys. But uh, so, and it's like, it's a really awkward scene though, too. Like she's on, she's by this pool and she's being shot by him and stuff. And then um, Lee Major's character, Lasky, walk, he's walking by and shit. And then he gets fucking kind of mowed into the water and shit. And I'm just like, but the, if you watch that scene play out, it's so obviously not natural when she knocks him into the water. Yeah, like she, she does like a fucking tornado towards him. <laughs> yeah so bad dude i actually started laughing when i was watching last night and i rewound it a couple times and the more you watch it you're just like oh my god that is the worst acting ever but i always thought that margo hemingway was a terrible actress anyways like she's she's pretty good in lipstick and stuff and she yeah, had lipstick's a good movie yeah and she did a couple of other roles and stuff and and it, it is pretty sad that what happened to her because she died in the mid 90s and she she became like a huge alcoholic and then just kind of drank her life away and died in her apartment alone it's pretty fucking sad actually that sucks yeah, yeah. well what happened well what happened with her is that she was she was like a model and stuff and then she had this promising career and then she ended up kind of being delegated to like b movies and shit and it wasn't working for it and became a problem for her mentally and drank herself to death essentially so kind of a sad story with her but i never really thought that she was a great actress to be honest like i said lipstick was decent in this and in this one she just it's more she's just kind of eye candy right i mean she doesn't really have a lot of lines in this movie to be honest but She's no. awkward. She's awkward at times, and that that scene just kind of proves my point because it's just so awkwardly done. Like, oh man! But 
you know, I mean, that's just one little gripe I have on the movie, but I just always felt like this could have been a really, really entertainingly awesome movie if they had the deception between the criminals done a lot better. I just feel like things start happening way too soon. And it's so obvious, too. You got these two brothers that decide that they're not going to wait the 60 days and they're going to jump in the water and steal these diamonds and shit like that. And of course, the one brother gets attacked by piranhas. How do they know where the hell the diamonds are? In they there? just throw them right off there. They, yeah. they have a, they have a, the, the floater. To they were all there. The yellow bright floater. When when they when they threw him in, the, all four of them were together, so they knew approximately where it was. They just had to go down and dive to find the. That's the why they floater. have the floater. I feel like it'd be harder to find shit in the water than. Eh, it depends on it depends on the water. I mean, if it's really clear and shit, but it, you do have the floaty thing on there, which is bright yellow, so you should be able to see it down there. But the point is, he goes down, gets eaten by piranhas. They try again, more shit happens. <laughs> so we lose half the criminals. Happening. We we lose half the criminals so fast, and then we get some twists and turns that's going on with. Uh, with uh, James Francisca's character and shit like that too. But I just feel like they could have played out the narrative with them a lot better and created a little bit more intensity and, you know, with the deception and, you know, just make it a little bit more thrilling and stuff. But what happens in this movie and my biggest complaint with this movie is actually not the fact that Lee Majors is totally awesome in it. It's his relationship with, with Gabrielle played by Margot Hemingway. And I just feel like there's way too much love interest and and it's really boring. And a lot of the scenes that she's in are having to do with her modeling and and things like that. And I just feel like it slows down the pace of this movie to the point where it's so bland and boring. Like all those scenes when they're on the boat, like looking for a place to shoot, it's straight out of a jungle adventure movie or a cannibal movie when like they're not being eaten by cannibals. Right. Like it literally with Anthony Stefan, it all feels like that. I mean, Roy Rock, Ollie, the, the fat photographer, he's definitely the comic relief in the movie. Yeah. Um, But you know, but the scenes, I I mean, there's just so much of them. There's so many scenes with them and it's just a, it's a subplot that is very bland and kind of boring to me and stuff. And it does come together at the end when they all end up on the boat and blah, blah, blah and stuff. But I just feel like all those scenes really bring down, you know, what could be a way better movie if you focused more on the actual criminals. And I will say that's one thing about this movie that really kind of catches my attention. And I thought about it after the movie ended and I was like, man, it's crazy how they managed to like convince you that you're not watching criminals. Like you're cheering for criminals basically in this movie, right? Because eh, they're all I mean, in the seventies. You I know, mean, he, it's more like a Bond kind of criminal, too. You know, I guess I, I, I think it's because they're like, you know, I really don't care that people still like gems. Yeah, I don't care when they steal from like banks and shit. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. give a fuck. No, 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 no. I, like, I, yeah, I'm not I saying I do either. I'm not saying problems. I do either, it's but like, it's yeah, just, they, it, insurance they do a good job of convincing you, like, you, of making you kind of cheer for these, you know, these guys. That oh, are yeah, technically yeah. I, was, I was cheering for, uh, um, Lee Majors the whole movie. Oh, absolutely, man. He's, he's bomb, man. I mean, he's a six million dollar motherfucking man. Right. And Karen Black, she's always good in everything. Like I love Karen Black in this movie, man. Like she's, she's definitely one of the highlights with, with Lee Majors for myself. Actually, you know, Jane Francis, he's dope too, but he's, yeah, he's great in this. He's a fucking dickhead. He's he, always a good dickhead to he me. He is a dick man. And like, okay. The whole piranha thing is just absolutely ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> what happens? Like why there's piranhas a in this villain thing. <laughs> It's totally it, a Bond villain totally. thing. This, it's totally a Bond villain thing. It's but, so nonsense. But he's doing it to his own fucking people. It's, it's just hilarious, man. It's so funny. But um, I, I don't know. I just feel like there should be a better movie. And I, I do agree with JP. I think the piranha attacks are a little bit. Um, they're very low, low 
budgeted because you, they do use a lot of stock footage. I know, and some but of the they, scenes they have a damn dam break and it looks crazy. Yeah, and I'm like they, I feel like they could have did a little more with the piranhas with the money. Well, that's I the think thing. Some I, of those miniatures even might be st- some. They probably are some used from reused from other movies too. It could be. <laughs> I, I feel like the opening scene and the dam breaking scene is really crazy. But do you guys notice the uh, the like the twister that breaks it? How fucking bad that effect is it's it's actually again i did this twice in this movie i rewound that part too i rewound that part and started howling laughing i was like dude it's so (laughs) fucking bad it's so bad but it just i don't know you kind of forget because the actual they could have put a hat and a fucking wristwatch and eyeballs on that tornado and it wouldn't look worse i know it it, it really was bad but you know what the carnage that follows after is pretty crazy though man it looks pretty cool um wait doesn't a kid get bit a bit up is it yeah. yeah They yeah, don't really yeah, show yeah. it though. They they see they show this little blonde haired kid walking in there, and he kind of, it's funny because they showed a little bit. He they clearly like gets a, bit, but they but don't it, show when any he's blood. In the water, it looks way worse. You're yeah, like, oh, this kid's fucked. But then he has like a little cut on his foot. And yeah, Jurassic Park <laughs> two ripped that off. Remember the what? opening? Of, I'm just fuck. No, fuck no, they didn't. <laughs> no, I will say, I will say, Dante, like the piranha. It's way the the attacks are way better in that film. This one just, I mean, you see piranhas. You actually get to see quite a few piranhas. There's a funny scene where they start throwing in these explosives into the water and killing all these piranhas. <laughs> Yeah, they do it like four or five times and it's like just cluttered with dead fucking floating piranhas everywhere. It's ridiculous. How many is there? Five? Is there five piranha movies? Yeah. yeah there's the eight. original two and then there's the TV remake from 95 and then we got the remake and, and then, then we got the sequel. Yeah, Double D. I don't know if I can watch five piranha movies. I've I don't know. I've never man. seen the the 90s TV movie before. I've always known about it. I've never seen it, believe it or not. That and the Humanoids one from 96. I've seen both of those. Oh. Yeah. I've only seen the original Piranha and then the remake. I've seen the sequel. I've seen the first four Piranha movies for some I don't like. I don't like the spawning to the... Um, that movie man at all I, the, like the flying prawnies the flying prawnies the flying prawnies I, I never liked the idea of that and I just I've never liked that movie it that makes much. no sense it's so it's such a stupid fucking idea it is a stupid fucking idea and the movie sucks too man I don't know I just never liked it I haven't it. watched it in years man I've I not watched it I even, I even bought the Screen Come Factory Blu-ray I don't think I ever watched the Blu-ray I just picked it up because I was like you know I need Piranha 2 in the collection you know you gotta have the spawning <laughs> you gotta have the flying prawnies fucking dumb collection that's how we are it's like i know we're so movie. stupid we're like I'm buying oh, that blu-ray i know you sit there and criticize the movie and then it gets it finally gets blu ray release you're like ah fuck i'll buy it anyways and i fucking <laughs> hate Giggles it is 39.99 well i better add it to the collection <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm actually convinced that screen factory is going to be dropping that one because they've released all the other movies in that box set right? i know yeah. right I, I i what no they didn't do from beyond the grave well, well warner archive did that one right that's right but somebody else did Dr. Giggles. Well, since, Dr. since Screen Factory does, they picked up a lot of those Warner Brother titles, I could see Dr. Giggles possibly coming. I like, this, oh, sorry. I, I just don't think Warner Brothers is doing a whole lot of new work. I, I don't really know. It just seemed to have they've right been slowed down. Not, they've been putting, still doing the archive thing. Yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe but, Dr. Uh, Giggles Dr. Giggles doesn't scream Warner Archive. <laughs> it does not. It screams, <laughs> it screams Screen Factory. It really does. I'd like to see the other Manny Cotto movie uh, called Playroom with Chris O'Donnell in it. Or McDonald. That was kind of a decent little horror movie from the late 80s, early 90s. Hmm. It's not bad. It's like a um, it's it, uh, it's like a mummy kind of style movie, but it's not a mummy. It's fucking whatever. Right. Archaeological shit. It's, it's all right, man. Hmm. It's fun. Oh, I have one more thing to say about Killer Fish that I love. It's just a small yeah. little line when Anthony Steffen is like talking to the, the lady who's running the whole model shoot. And uh, he's like, it looks like it's going to rain. She's like, no, it won't. You want to bet? He's like, not with you. 
because <laughs> she's such like a boss. He's like, not with you, ma'am. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of fun dialogue in this movie. No joke. It, it's just fun to me. I enjoy this one quite a bit. Yeah, I just, I, I honestly do. I enjoy a lot of those scenes and stuff, but it's the, uh, it's just the subplot, man. I just feel like it, there's so fucking much of it, dude. Like, always brings it down. And I remember, too, because I was watching, I was like, oh, yeah, that's why I was never that high on this movie. It's that stupid subplot with the models and the, the fucking fat photographer, which was my two, <laughs> two-word review for the movie. <laughs> well, fat photographer? Fat photographer. I'm fucking so stupid. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's just straight it's not up even mean. alliteration. No, oh, did you spell P H T? Yeah, man, fat fuck. So uh, stupid. But anyways, yeah, Killer Fish, man. I, I just I feel like there's a way better movie here, but it is entertaining. I, it just it, it's a little bit too long too. It's like runs just over a hundred minutes, which I think is crazy. Should have been three hours. It should have been three hours. Yeah, with with flying piranhas too. It would have turned into of flying course. piranhas <laughs> at the end. There would have been awesome, but. Could you imagine them stuck on that on their sinking boat with flying piranhas? Uh, see, now that would have been point even. Yeah, I love when uh, James Franciscus is in a lifeboat. <laughs> that part's comedy gold. He's you're fucked, dude, man. Uh, yep, but them uh, dropping the light boats, perfect. the lifeboats is is fucking ridiculous. I like the first one that drops and it drops like just out of the reach and it's like straight down. <laughs> It doesn't even come in and out of the angle. That's a good fucking aim. He made it on the second one. <laughs> right. But uh, uh, this movie would be, can you imagine, just hear me out, if Quentin Tarantino directed a remake of Killer Fish, it would be like the best movie ever made. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> just the cast would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit, Danny that's... DeVito as the photographer. That's hilarious, man. Just have, well, have Danny DeVito do everything in it. Really? Yeah, why not? He's he, he, he could probably play one of the piranhas. He's small enough. Yeah, why not? <laughs> He'd fit through that great hole. <laughs> Just make him the character from that uh, Always Sunny episode where he plays the villain in Lethal Weapon 5, where uh, he's like, even sharks need water. Oh my god, that is so funny, that episode. <laughs> so good. I ain't seen the first couple, though. <laughs> uh, you know what one weird thing about this film is, like, it's set in 1979, so obviously pre just 1980s. This movie feels like the 80s. It might be the photography stuff in it. I don't know. For some odd reason, it just feels like the 80s to me. I don't know why. The plot's very 70s. It is. The plot is very 70s, but the actual look and feel of the film just it, it just screams 80s to me, man. It's like kind of ahead of its time a little bit. I don't know why, but but anyways, I don't really have a whole lot to say about Killer Fish. Yeah, I don't have much. Else. I think it's fine. I it, it's a fun movie. Um, you know, it. it I, I like that it's a bunch of different things. That's cool to me. Yeah, I just wish some of those elements were just a little bit better. I would have loved to have seen more of the criminals, like you know, going back and forth in that in that angle and stuff. But it is what it is. They just eliminate them so fucking quick. <laughs> Well, they got to get to the fucking disaster movie and the killer fish movie. They ain't got time for the heist movie anymore. <laughs> right, right. Even though it's how it kind of starts out, and yeah, I guess. But right, right. So ratings, killer fish, nineteen seventy nine. See you. Oh, it's me. Um, yeah, I said what I pretty much have to say about the movie, man. It, it's a decent movie. I don't hate this thing or nothing. I just I feel like there could be a lot better, but it's got a great cast. You got to give it credit for that, man. It's you know it's shot pretty well and it's got some. It, it does. It has decent dialogue and stuff, which at times, you know, 
it, the subplot is my major issue in this film. It's boring. It's bland. Uh, I'm coming in at six out of ten. You said all that already. Right. Six out of ten. I didn't say that though. Well, I just did. Yeah, so I just repeated myself twice on that one. So. Yeah. <laughs> Is it my turn? GP. It's my turn. Yeah, Killer Fish. Uh, I expected this movie to be about one killer fish, like a like a shark or something. When I first heard about it, I didn't realize it was a piranha movie, so that actually surprised me. Because um, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I you I didn't think of fish as pluralized. You know what I mean? Just. Um, thought it was going to be like a shark movie, but um, I think that I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of torn on it because I do like it, but I, I don't think it's like better than long hair. So I'll give it a six and a half. I don't really care if it's better than long hair death. Cause I know it's not, but uh, this is like right up more. my alley. Oh, I like it a lot more by any day of the week. Like if somebody's like, which movie's better? I'm like long hair or death, which movie am I going to rate better? Because I'll pop in killer fish and just enjoy myself because I have ADHD. And I like that it jumps around to fucking 18 different movies. And, uh, I just, I like the back and forth, man. I like the, the random group of people trying to survive against, uh, some crazy fucking thing that shouldn't be happening. Seven and a half killer fish. And you like when the fat guy dies. Yeah. I felt bad for him. You guys are monsters. <laughs> I mean, really, it was so funny because like, it's like, of course he's going to die. He shouldn't be on that raft in the first place. It's so telegraphed. Like, that, nobody else wanted to get on the raft. They're like, send this fat guy. It's just too bad we don't get <laughs> actually more gore from all the, you know, the sequences of Piranha attacks. This yeah. is a PG movie. I mean, the fat guy, yeah. that would have been, that, that could have been the goriest scene ever because there was just a lot of meat to chew through. <laughs> so, but yeah, we, we really don't get to see a lot of that. Just ridiculous uh, piranha biting finger scenes. <laughs> okay, so that is uh, Killer Fish from 1979. Cannibalism. All right, so getting into the third and final featured review here on episode 214. And we're going to go to the year 1980, the year I was born, with Antonio Margaretti's infamous and banned video nasty cannibal apocalypse yeah this was actually one of the 39 successful prosecuted films back in the video nasty days i feel like this movie probably got banned just from the opening scene in the movie and the name <laughs> right they brought uh, everyone they yeah, brought the rats too yeah they, i mean even if they watched the whole movie but I feel yeah, like the names they, enough. I, I feel like they didn't that you know it's usually the opening scenes in movies and they're like ah, okay fuck <laughs> got a band this is gonna be horrible but there there is some decent uh there is some decently gory, gory scenes in this film but let's get into the quick synopsis here mentally unstable vietnam vets who are held captive by the Viet Cong, come back to america after being rescued carrying a dangerous virus that turns people into cannibals when bitten all right so this movie right here is uh, starring the great late john saxon and the amazing giovanni lamberto radici Man, I gotta say, man, like, I, I was thinking about this last night when I was watching the movie, and I was like, man, Radici had a fucking amazing opening start to his, uh, to his yeah. film career, man. Like, in 1980, so, again, the year I was born, I was, I don't know why I always have to say that when I was born in 1980, but anyways, it's relevant. So, he, this is the very first movie that he ever starred in, and, he, yeah. and then he also did 
uh, City of the Living Dead, Fulci City of the Living well, Dead. And House of the Edge of the Park in the same year. In the same year. I and thought then, House on the Edge of the Park was the first. Uh, I don't know. They have them listed like that, so whatever. I mean... Whatever, whenever he got casted, it's hard to say. You yeah. know what I mean? So the first three movies of his career were those three kind of classic movies, and then he went on to do, of course, Cannibal Ferox, which is pretty infamous also. So that's a pretty interesting start to someone's career, but... To call him a te- Italy's whipping boy. <laughs> <laughs> he just always, like, has the worst deaths. Like, this guy gets fucking ramps <laughs> sacked in, like, every movie, man. It's awesome. His death is always memorable, like, for sure. They, when he dies. There's a couple he doesn't, but he gets fucked up. He does, man. He he pretty much dies in, like, all his movies. It's pretty awesome, so. Um, but Cannibal Apocalypse. Uh, so, this is all... We've all seen this movie before. Multiple, multiple times. I think JP even announced that he's seen yeah, it three or four I've times which like is crazy four. for him because he's not much of a rewatcher and we know that so him seeing cannibal apocalypse aka there's so many different titles to this fucking movie um but uh invasion of the flesh hunters cannibals are in the streets fucking <laughs> lots and then it has the italian title apocalypse to money yeah there's yeah. there's just so many of them they're all great they're all good titles which mm-hmm. never happens there's always a couple third titles in there. <laughs> right, right. And, and you know, this is this is very typical Antonio Margaretti, too, because this is kind of a mashup of genres a little bit, too, because it starts in Vietnam and then it and then it turns into like a, a cannibal virus type film. And- isn't that isn't the whole like cannibal virus, like zombie, not zombie, but you know what I mean? Like, it's weird. Like, it, you, there's not I've never really seen anything done like that well, where it's like they're kind of just normal dudes. But now they have a thirst for flesh well, it's actually very cronenberg and i've listened to the commentary they mentioned that because it almost feels like it starts psychological and somehow turns viral which is very bizarre very insane but it well, does feel like that like a rabbid or something yeah like it, a yeah shivers. like it's, it definitely it's not like because like it doesn't actually explain what causes it right infection it's yeah. like oh, it's psychological to viral yeah it, it's because yeah it's it's it is kind of a head scratcher because they never really explain where the virus actually comes from. It's just, we get the visuals from the opening scene basically is uh, it's actually a nightmare sequence. John Saxon's actually dreaming. He's having a flashback in his dreams to the nom days when, you know, um, and also like, why is it so delayed? The what's that? Well, John Saxon's been fighting it this whole time. That's why he opens the fridge and he sees the drops of blood. He's been fighting it the whole time. He's been messed yeah, up for that's, war. That's and what it's it, a great, obviously, it's a, it's a comparison to guys coming back from Vietnam and being completely fucked up. Right, yeah. That's that's why I like it so much is tying it together with Vietnam. It actually works like. Yeah, and he did four fucking Vietnam movies. So it really is a common. Yeah. yeah, it really is a commentary on the mental state of uh, that for people that served in Vietnam, right? You know, some people come back and they just can't resist anything that's going through their minds and shit like that. And then you got Saxon's character who has resisted it for years and years and years, right? And then you got oh, Radici. You got Radici. Charlie gives him the call, right? Yeah, and then these guys are all—they're all fucking hugged up in the fucking uh, in the mental institution because they're you know they're battling this shit and they're they're all fucked up and stuff. Where Saxon's the polar opposite, and that that's kind of. I've heard people talk about this movie. And they're like, well, why, why is it that Radici's character or Charlie, um, you know, he can't resist it. You know, he's been infected with the shit and he's, he's got the thirst and shit like that. And why is Saxon who is, was bit by him in the beginning of the film has been resisting and hasn't really fully turned from the virus. And he quite clearly has it in him because he was fucking bit and playing by the rules of zombies and viruses and stuff. He obviously mm-hmm. has it, but he's resisted. And that's the commentary 
and the and the contrast between the characters that have come back from Vietnam and, and the mental states and stuff, and, and it, it, it actually is a really well done. Too. It totally and it plays because off that. What big did you time. say, Dave? I didn't hear that. Sorry, Moses talking. He can finish it. Yeah, and well, that's completely right. It, it plays off the PTSD um, elements. Yeah, in this it big triggers time. it. Like it he's does. Perfectly normal, and then he hears the call from Charlie or that girl, or right. he sees the right. It's just it's nonstop. It's constantly a battle with him. I mean, you it, could you could pretty much you know like take take the infection part out and, and replace it with PTSD, at least with the soldiers. Yeah. And it, it works perfect. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you so. don't even have that opening scene where, you know, Saxon gets bitten or you, you get to see the soldiers actually feasting on flesh and stuff like that. If you even took that out. You're right. You could totally play it off like a PTSD thing because, you know, you tie that to Vietnam and let's face it, that's pretty common. Right. So it, well, it does, I, it turns into quite a psychological movie where, where dude goes into the, you know, shopping center and, is like you know holding oh, it up with scene. guns and stuff and i'm like wow this feels so interesting relevant. and relevant <laughs> yeah, yeah it's having that flat like once you get to see the visuals of that right is it's almost like flashing right back and he's he's setting himself right back into what he where he was where he came from yeah. kind of thing right so that's that's i always well, think that it's a good, that's it's a good scene it's a good right? scene yeah, because it's, it's putting it into the modern narrative you know which is the present day but then it's taking you right back to what what caused it kind of thing it's it's actually quite well done i don't think people really look at this movie like well, that. you don't look at him as a villain right you're not like oh no. this guy's a fucking dickhead he's no he's in there. he's definitely a victim of he's damaged right yeah. and, and it's not his fault necessarily so it's it's sad and i like the victim that. of society too you know and, and the war and all that kind of shit and, yeah. and and the repercussions of coming back right it's right. not just what happened to you there it's what happens to you here afterwards and i just find that always compelling whenever if, films if you guys touch well that. he's the product of to the tim lucas commentary he does a really good job on this because this is a, I'm a huge commentary fan of this guy movie. yeah i should i should have actually... movie. so listen to tim lucas like right like because if you ever like love a movie and then you have somebody do a commentary that's like 10 times smarter than you and it just justifies everything that you kind of right. mildly thought and you're just like thank yeah, you thank and you it, smart and guy it, it, it makes puts you your feel... thoughts together better i like, like tim oh lucas, yeah i kind of like thought that but didn't really know how to vocalize yeah it. tim lucas is really really good but that. i should have actually watched this with a commentary man i've actually never even watched the documentary entry that's on the blu-ray too the the cannibal apocalypse well, that's redux one from the old dvd yeah right i, I know and i've never even i have the dvd too and i've never even watched it i i think i just completely forgot about it but but uh yeah no there's there's a lot of shit going on in this man it's very psychological but it's uh it's very grounded in reality of what really happened to these soldiers and stuff like that it's not just a film about cannibalism and that's one of the major critiques i've heard from people with this movie they're like yeah never know what it wants to do is it a fucking you know is it an action movie is it a cannibal movie is it a virus movie and shit like that and i'm like man you it's normally don't movie. get like it's not really about movie. cannibalism the movie it. is not about cannibalism it's it's about the psychological effects of you know war in society and ptsd and things like that and stuff and i mean that's why there isn't an abundance of actual cannibalism in this there's a lot of biting i mean if you really wanted to another title for this movie you could call it biting apocalypse <laughs> right it doesn't have to be cannibalism cannibal apocalypse because most of the scenes in this movie are just biting it's lo- it's losing your will to retract you know the urge to fucking bite someone. And the greatest scene in the movie actually is the scene where Charlie's character is in the theater and he's watching a war movie and he's quite literally getting into the moment. It's affecting him to the point where there's a couple in front of him who are obviously just there to make out and have sex. Like, I love this guy. He fucking pulls out his girlfriend's titty and starts sucking in the theater and and they're just like out in the open and doing shit. And then (laughs) he's watching this mixed in with, and it's a great scene because that's the urge. And then, you know, watching the war movie on there is just triggered everything. And then, 
then he fucking bites her on the neck and then all the shit just breaks loose right it's a really fantastic scene and it really kind of sums up the movie in a nutshell yeah so. you're right you're right that is a powerful scene and um i gotta mention that like the score in this movie is so good there's like layers of the score dude we have like the funky one of my score, favorites like, mine too and then we have the uh, emotional score which hits really hard and it's perfect but then the score is also playful when like um, Tim Lucas points this out when the meat drops like bing bing that shit's fucking beautiful this has got to be and it also gets intense too when like the, the opening Vietnam and the lady gets set on fire and she runs into the fucking foxhole not the foxhole the pit and they, she gets ripped apart man this movie's fucking excellent I I'm will sorry. say no, the, the, the Vietnam mm-hmm. opening um, they have a lot of Tommy guns for some reason the Thompson <laughs> not <laughs> which it, they're, they're tom the thompson uh submachine gun did have vietnam presence but it was not it wasn't like that right like how many people had it but then they have m16s later and i'm like okay i mean couldn't you just went with that but it, that's just me being nitpicky didn't like, only one person have the thompson machine gun in a platoon that, didn't they no, usually beat up couple. the back they beat up couple. the back though and the, in the oh typically. you mean in real, in real life, life? Yeah. Uh, it, from what I understand, it, it a, a lot of times it was on like reconnaissance missions and stuff like that. But it, it was I don't think it got a lot of. Play. I remember Fallen Angels, the not, the book, which is a Walter Dean Myers story about Vietnam, is based on his like kind of events in Vietnam. The guy in the back, they always carried the the big guy always carried the Thompson in the back. Hmm. I don't know. That's just that book. Maybe I'm mistaken. Yeah, you know, a great soundtrack to a movie, man. Always. Always pulls oh, me in, man. But like don't. hearing that fucking sax over that like real funky bass line and shit. Oh man, it just it works so fucking brilliant, man. It's like it's and like bring it back at the right time too. It's like jazzy. It's like jazzy yeah. funk music, man. But it works so fucking well together, man. I just absolutely love the score elements of this movie. It's it's great. It really is great. Talk about a dark fucking ending too, man. Beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful one. What did you? Um, it, it's a lot like Rabbit. This movie is like Rabbit and Dawn of the Dead knew the action and everything to me and i love all that stuff um john sax is one of my all-time favorite actors i love giovanni liberta redici tony king is great in this too man he's like that big aggressive type so i, I like him in that too he's loud and fucking just scary um uh john saxton's relationship with charlie and tony and um and uh tommy really helps like you really feel like these guys are from my hometown he's so excited to see him in the right. pit and then when yeah. he gets, gets bit it's so fucked up like mm-hmm. i don't know man it's just uh saxton is the guy that you he's like a father figure like he's tough you trust him so when you see him kind of breaking up it's just one of those it, it's it's a perfect casting you know what i mean and i remember saxton mentioned in that documentary that when he actually does have that change over in the movie when he turns to be a villain he was very depressed about that because he really didn't feel like his character was ever going to turn i I feel like a lot of that's brought on by his shitty relationship with his wife though too i think it's i think it's a lot of things he's fighting a lot of things man i mean there's a really weird kind of almost it's not a huge subplot but it's a little bit of subplot with the neighbor mary and shit like that like it's it's such an (laughs) i was wondering where you're gonna bring that up it's such an awkward thing because it almost comes across as being like wrong you know what i'm saying Wait, it is wrong. She's a little girl. She's a, not a grown up, right? But he's—it's like not sexual for him. He's more in a, wants to bite. But it's like a weird. It's a mixture. Of That's what I'm saying. Like it's—it's—it's yeah. it's, it's weird. It has the sexual tension there, but it's not sexual for him where it is for her. And I'm like, it's weird on both ends. Like the whole thing just plays out odd. And there's a, like even the scene where he's where he's out back and he's grabbing the wood and shit, and they have this like kind of moment where they lock eyes and stuff, and then she's kind of smiling and she's just oh okay, and, you know, he's like disgusted like, in himself. Yeah, it's like yeah. A, it's dude, really it's weird creepy. tension. I, it's dude, weird that tension. Girl looks really really young in real life. I had to look her up. 
Oh, yeah. She's in a couple other horror movies. She's in yeah, one she more. She was like she's 20. Or, uh, and it 19, doesn't help that she's dressed right. like a slut, too. Like, she's wearing these, like, really <laughs> kind of shiny short shorts. Like, <laughs> it's, I don't know, man. It's just, it, it's Foods, such a, foods you always got to be slut shaming someone. Just let them live. Uh, let I don't them know. be them. But I know that's the character, though, too, because they wanted to create her looking sexy to kind of put that tension in the film, too. And stuff. I mean, she's I, only I, supposed to be, like, 15, too. So it is really mm, just, like, on off. That's what I'm, that's the point yeah. of why it's and so she, awkward. It's really off putting because how young she actually looks. Like I was yeah. scared. Thought yeah. the FBI was going to kick in my door. Right, right, man. I know it's 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 I very like, awkward. It's like, such an awkward thing. I swear, it's just a cannibal thing. apocalypse. I swear. I mean, they don't ever portray her as attractive though. Like really, they always portray her as a kid trying mm. to be attractive in that movie. To yeah, me, right? Like, like, yeah, it's uh, never like. But those Daisy Dukes that she's wearing, like, come on, like, dude. She's she's like, trying to seduce Tim. Oh like, yeah, yeah, you know for, sure, mean? Like, for sure. To, to, it right. feels like she's trying to be an adult. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and mixed with well, his shitty relationship with his wife, I think a lot of that it plays into you know Saxon, like Norman Hopper's well, character. He, he does, he does attempt to resist. Of oh, course, yeah, yeah. of course. I mean, the stuff with his wife, though. I mean, obviously they had some strain because he was in Vietnam, and he right. obviously is not himself lately. Mm-hmm. And everything like that. So and that fucks up, man. It, it ruins everything. And she just comes across as being a bitch, though, too, for some reason. Like, she doesn't, she's kind of lost interest in the new, not the new John Saxon, like the new Norman character, but she's, she's frustrated. You can tell that. And you just feel that tension there, too, man. I think it's a lot, his character's struggling with that, too, which really kind of, I wouldn't say helps him turn to the, to the other side, but obviously, you know, when he talks to his buddies and stuff, but I think it's a factor though. I think the, he also I, feels like he owes them, I think, because he's true. the commanding officer. Well, that's so, a, I mean, like you have some loyalty to your friends. A, right? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. It's, you know, banded by blood and stuff like that. You know, it's fight together, live and die together kind of thing. Right. So, yeah. Especially being <clears throat> vets. Cause you, there's very, very few people on earth that can I know what you've been through. You yeah, you're right. Through. It's like being on it. It's like playing sports. So like when you play on a team with guys for years and stuff like that, you become one, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you just have each other's backs and shit. Like it's just the yeah, way a little it is. more deeper than that, but I get what you're saying, but it is though. Like when you, <laughs> when you play, well, it, it's kind of the same. I mean, in war too, I mean, you're doing the same thing. You got to work together. You got each other's backs and stuff like that. And of course you become close that way. Like you can't help the connection when you're fighting with each other, and but, but, but also going through things, shit together. Like if you've been through a lot of awful shit, like, me and my brother share a lot of the same misery and you and your family right. probably share the same misery. You know, they are the only ones that know your misery as you know, like somebody can relate, but they cannot feel it. The closest to yeah, it. And it's like, unspoken. Exactly. you know what I mean? Like you don't even That's have unspoken, to talk yeah. about it. It's just like, yeah, it's like this unspoken, like respect True. and, uh, relatable. Right. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the dialogue in this movie is fucking great. I love when uh, all you have to do is piss on it. Remember? He's like almost happy about it. Like he's like reliving it. Like I always feel like the one thing I always thought about um, like war vets is they have to like when they're in the jungle, I just imagine all they can think about is being home. But when they're home, all they can think about is when they were in the jungle. It's just a fucked up. Right. Isn't that a fucked up uh, poem that you just said there? No, so, but yeah, that's, I mean, but I that's true that though. It was just something that always stuck in my head. I imagine like I wanted a character to say that. Like when I was there, all I could think about was being home. But when I'm home, all I can think about is being there. It's just like so true. I imagine. With them. Yeah. Like, it's, so, it's, yeah. The psychological dilemma. It's that psychological dilemma people deal with. Right. You know, you're just never content of exactly where you are in, I think in reality. The, the reason like war films are so interesting and, and you can do so much with them is because it's, it, it's not right. It's such a unique circumstance and it's like, 
it shouldn't exist in the first place. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that it's type of someone like, else to do it too. Like these people vote and then send you to do it. Like you do yeah, it. It's like that type of, of trauma and, and yeah, that drafting shit is fucked, man. It's just, it's just a, cause you're sending people the there that Nam don't want to be there. Right. Like World that. War two and yeah. Nam is just a, a huge fucking weird situation that is weird that anybody can even find themselves in, but mm-hmm. it, it's real. And especially like, with the jungle and nom and stuff like that, that's a, adds a whole nother level of psychological oh, messed yeah. upness. You know, it's it's fascinating. And well, that's I, why I everybody got hooked on so drugs weird. there, man, because like they were in this foreign fucking place fighting a war that probably a lot of people didn't want to be doing because they were drafted into it and shit. And the only way to get out of that uh, that mindset was to fucking relieve yourself from drugs and shit like that. So it became it became a double edged sword, man. It was like. You know, you're dealing with what you're seeing visually, and then you're dealing with the physicality of drugs and shit. And it's just that's like what this movie's dealing with, man. People come back it's, fucked up on both levels, man. You know, you see a lot of fucked also, up shit. I mean, some good, some good comes of it, though. I mean, look at uh, Tom Savini, man. He was a photographer, you know, and he he was a nom and shit, and he learned the special effects from seeing the real fucking thing. You know, some so. people handle it way better than others, but it, it, it's it, true. It's it's odd that we expect 18 year old like kids to do this shit. You know what I mean? Like when you think about it, yeah, they're still kids. They're not even old enough to drink, but they're old enough to fight and die. 18, 19, 20. It's like, bro, I was such a fucking moron idiot. Like, like at 18 years old, like I I can't even imagine dude. And and the, uh, the complexities of the reason you're fighting in Vietnam. It's just like, I can't even, you can't even grasp it now as an adult. Like the politicians who did it were like, "Why are we here again? What are we doing here? What do we got to do this? We're in Saigon now. We got to stop this." It's like you and you're sending fucking eighteen year old kids, and they're supposed to, you know what I mean? It's fucked up. Yeah, dude, it is. Yeah, eighteen year old kids don't understand the the whole communism angle of it and stuff like that. They're like, "What the fuck are we here for?" Like, what did they do to us? Well, and it's such a dirty fucking. Well, there's probably a bunch of shit they, they were they doing. At least didn't in World do anything. War II, everybody knew, like, oh, we got to kill Hitler. They technically <laughs> didn't do anything except dude. for you know being communists and shit. And we're like, oh, we can't have that around here. So yeah, we'll go do something about it. But and then they get there. It is a and fucked like, up reason to and be they're there. Like, they're they're supposed to be helping the uh, you know the Vietnamese, uh, the South Vietnamese. And then like, but like, obviously there's people there struggling and stuff. So they take advantage of it. But then the soldiers are like, what the fuck? We're supposed to be helping these people. And you know, they're shitting on us, but it's Mm -hmm. like, they can't understand the complexities of the situation. And then last week they fucking napalmed their village and killed their dad. So right. Exactly. (laughs) And it's like, you know, it's just a whole fucking mess, dude. Um, I, I love what Saxton's demeanor completely changes when the beginning when that dude's like goes up to the dog and he's like get away from an asshole he's so blunt and mean but like right when he sees Tommy and uh, Charlie he's like these guys are from my hometown he's all excited this like goes to show you the difference in character yeah. when you have like because it's like when you're at work I know it's not as yeah extreme. you're you're a little bit more business maybe a little bit more irritated but when you get home you're around your family and friends you're just like you're different you know mm-hmm I mean, I, I don't know, man. This this has always been a favorite. This was a childhood favorite of mine, man. I rented this bad boy 13 years old on VHS under Invasion of the Flash Hunters. It was cut to shit. Got KFC, sat in my <laughs> fucking room and watched that motherfucker. Bought a tape, watched that motherfucker a bunch of times. Got the DVD. It's always been with me, man. It's been a yeah, long time. I think, when I, I, John Saxon, man. I think I watched Savage. the first time I watched this movie, too, it was cut, man. Because I don't remember... I don't remember the scene in the garage where he takes the fucking um, oh yeah yeah the saw the disc sander to his fucking guts and then just 
hacks up that fucking garage attendant the there. dvd was uncut but the vhs's like yeah. the video treasures and shit that was all cut yeah so i think the first time i watched it, I, I don't remember that scene i don't even remember radici's death being in the movie either like where they it's shoot right through him i don't i think that was cut out of there too that's got to be one of the most innovative fucking low budget death scenes ever <laughs> i love that dude the whole the whole end of the movie in in the, the sewer sewers system shit is great is crazy yeah. dude it's crazy I, I i still think actually in the uk this movie finally got released mostly uncut i think the only part in there the rats. is the rats because they they always i think there's a lot of movies in the uk that are still cut from the uh animal cruelty and stuff but which makes sense it does i mean it doesn't really need to be i mean at least the one rat that was on fire he was smart enough to jump in the water <laughs> i'm sure he's not all right <laughs> no he probably wasn't he's not okay he's but not it's okay. good today anyway. oh yeah shut off <laughs> but uh, no but like the death scene man it just goes it goes fucking gnarly in that uh the sewer scene man it's uh oh yeah it's pretty crazy man so um we should mention the chief that guy's fucking just a walking fucking quote factory oh my god my ashes f- the ashes and shit the shit my favorite <laughs> quote man is when he's like that no good cocksucking son of a bitch <laughs> fucking says it dude i'm just like oh my god that guy's just got a mouth on him oh dude put it down son put it down and he's he's an entertaining character oh he's Um, just angry he's just angry the whole movie man but i mean you would be if you were like especially when he's like back at it and he's like well we had to solve this the first time we wouldn't be fucking back here right now (laughs) the one fucking dude um I never know how to say his name. It's like Vino Manovel. It's a fucking, both his names start with a V. He's the guy in City of the Living Dead who fucking takes old Bob, Giovanni Radici, or Lumberto Radici, and puts his head through the fucking drill. He's also in, uh, he's in a bunch of stuff. He was in the Benditos um, movie. Um, you know which guy I'm talking about. He's a, he's a cop in this. He's, yeah. he's like the second in charge. Yeah, Radici. I know who you're talking that about. That guy's in, yeah, that dude's always good. He's in a bunch of movies. Yeah. Yeah, he's great in this, and he's got the. I think he's dubbed over in this by the same guy who did Al Cliver's voice in Zombie. That was one thing because I saw those movies very young. Like their voice just stuck in my head. That right. voicing guy, right. dubbing guy. Oh man, this movie's great. And like, I love when he's uh like John Saxon and Giovanni Ridici's uh, back and forth. He's like, "You always wear a fuck up, Charlie." That's a great stop. That's a good dialogue. When I was younger, man, I was used to want more like cannibalism in the film because, like I said, there's just a lot of biting. There isn't really a lot of people actually they, getting, some of that in, they john saxon and, and radici like talked to margot reddy and had him like cut some of the more graphic stuff in the script like there's supposed to be like a blowjob scene and shit that was a cannibal blowjob scene and they cut wow. all of this stuff i do like the scene where the doctor bites the other doctor's tongue out of his mouth scene. though that scene's fucking yeah, awesome i think he was supposed to get a blowjob there and get a bit off yeah That's a, so they changed it to the tongue but it looks I mean, good it, it was 1980, so, like, late 70s, early 80s, like, Italy was like, oh, we're going all gore all day. So, right. like, this movie was – it was a Margot Reddy. You can tell he's not, like, the gore guy. No. But since it was a product of his time, and he always seems to be the guy who works in his time and make movies like whatever's being made. So he added the gore and stuff probably. But right. the gore is pretty good. It's a, it's a, the Rossi, if I'm not mistaken, the best Italian special effects gore guy. I'm pretty least. sure. Yep. Yeah. It's zombie and everything. So, I mean, it's, that stuff's great. Um yeah, I, I just really like the the friendship between the Vietnam vets um, and Saxton's the man. And mm-hmm. I love that part when he's in the car and the bikers show up and he's like, what the fuck do you want? I was like, hearing John Saxton say fuck is like a whole new thing because you don't really hear him say it. No, you so don't, right? Off that moment. I was like, oh shit, oh shit, John Saxton's mad. And then there's like that whole karate fight scene out in the fucking front of the car, which I love. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking, it's super entertaining movie, man. Really, really entertaining and uh, yeah 
it, it, it is and that's actually a good point david it, it is a little depressing you know what i mean because it makes you think about like all the real people that fucking <laughs> came back from vietnam and stuff like that too um I have a really soft spot for veterans, man. I know you, everybody should, but I, I, it's it's horrible, and I wouldn't want to do it. And I just feel that they never get the proper respect they deserve. Oh, nothing ruins your day, man. When you're walking, like you see a billboard, and it shows like a vet on there, and he's got like fucking like hook hand, and no half his face oh, is gone. Dude, you're bro. just like, God damn it! I feel like so bad. I'm not mad. I saw it. I mean, people should see that, right? Yeah. And then like, I hate, I hate politicians. You guys don't know that, but all of them are always like. <laughs> Like a lot of people, are like we're here for the vets, and then they never are there for the vets. Like yeah, they have to that, vote on vet fucking. But that's typical politics, man. It's such a lie, dude. They're all lies. Always has been but politicians, like, they, they only tell they people are. what they want to hear. They ain't, they ain't going through with that shit though. No. And then, like, so many people stand on helping the vets, and then they never fucking put their money where their mouth is. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah, I, I've, you guys don't notice I love this fucking movie. So Me too, I'm a really? big fan. It, it is, man. It's super quotable. It fucking sounds good. It's it's got it, everything about it's just great. It's a great fucking movie, man. But I always thought that the the soundtrack. I would love to get the soundtrack to this movie. Oh, it's a great soundtrack. Yeah, it's just it's phenomenal, man. It's funky. It's jazzy. It's fucking. It's dope, man. It's really really good music, man. Fits it, perfect. It's also, it's also the one thing that's really perfect about the movie. Just thinking about it is. Like all the guys coming back from Vietnam are completely fucked up, and their their illness and their dark stain on the the, the entire like United States for doing that. They come back, and you know what? They can manifest that into a virus and actually make the people make the society fucking really get the feeling of it. You know, infect society with that darkness from Vietnam, and that's like a direct metaphor, right? Right. Like they can spread the fucking stain that was a horrible thing that happened into the actual populace. Yeah, it's a, it, that's a good idea, man. You know. I, mean, it's, I mean, Death Dream is another one that is a perfect one like that. I love that. Death, Death Dream. Dream. Death Dream is one of the most underrated movies. I remember. Oh, it's brilliant, would, man. Like, it's, it's a perfect movie for me. Like, that's why when people are like, uh, Black Christmas, I'm like, Black Christmas can go fuck itself with talking about well, that. I wouldn't Death say all that, but get your point. If we're comparing Death Dream and Black Christmas, I'm a, I'm a Death Dream boy. I love them both, man. I I mean, I even watched Black Christmas Forever. It's a great movie, obviously, right? But I I always always love Death Dream. Yeah, I always thought Death Dream was was an interesting an interesting character or interesting study on what's the effects of uh, of war and shit like that. It's it's a really it's a really well made movie. I think that. that Fred did a really good job with Sala Turisica too, oh, should, uh, which, which kind of does the same thing. I don't know if thing. he, I mean, you know, Fred better than I do. Obviously I've only met him a couple of times. You're friends with him, but um, I don't, did I ever ask you this before? Was that his just, he wasn't trying to fully remake Death Dream, but he no, was trying to do I, something. I think it was, I, I think honestly he went and made Sala Turisica and then like a, after it was done and everything, he didn't register how much, how close it was to Death Dream until later on. Okay, it's a lot like fucking Death Dream. Because the first you know, time I watched, subconsciously done. Right, right. Because the first time I watched Selig Turska, I was like, "Did he just remake Death Dream?" And and no one's <laughs> calling it too. a remake. Because I was like, "Shit, man!" Because I was a big fan of Death Dream, right? I was like, "Fuck," you know. I mean, these things Nathan's happen. Really good in that movie too. These the, things. The lead actor in that. Oh yeah fucking so i love that movie he's he's really good in the final interview like i know he's good because when you think back on movies that you recently watched you don't have that many quotes from movies like that and i i could still quote one of his lines in the final interview so that pretty says quite a bit right right the line he's like i ain't got nothing going on (laughs) 
I mean, these line. things do happen, you know, subconsciously. I mean, if you want to look at another comparison that's that I've always thought was kind of bullshit, though, but the writers of Final Destination said that they'd never seen Soul Survivor before, and it's it's yeah. like an identical story. And I'm thinking <laughs> to myself going, I mean, Soul Survivor is what, 1980, 81, 82, somewhere in that range. 83 so it's early 80s and of course you know what is it yeah just like uh it's the same fucking story though never seen uh night of the creeps (laughs) well they're all ripoffs of fucking carnival souls anyways but you know the thing the thing that drives me nuts about (laughs) something like night of the creeps though is that that's got to be i mean that's a popular movie soul (laughs) soul survivor wasn't exactly a popular it was more of like a cult vhs type movie back and they never really got much recognition when did that one come out? The Australian one, isn't that kind of about a soul survivor in a plane crash? It's been a while. Yeah. Um, the the survivor. Well, it's funny enough, it, the, the survivor? Uh, Final Destination yeah. was originally yeah. a Twilight Zone, not Twilight Zone, X-Files episode. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. It was written as an X-Files episode. Yeah. Well, everybody rips off the Twilight Zone. 90% of movies wouldn't be made. <laughs> right. right. That's because yeah, that, 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 that was, show uh, literally the had the most... South Park. It had the most original ideas for for horror related sci-fi st- like narratives it's like, sci-fi oh well, sci-fi God. always has the best ideas right they're so just, good uh, blow your fucking mind ideas it's sci-fi. crazy when you go back and watch the original twilight zone and you're like the these stories are like incredible it must have blown motherfuckers minds watching that shit I when it first totally came out because it was we so original so <laughs> we never got better at storytelling no man it's everything's ripped off from the twilight zone it's literally it be so worth doing that doing an episode on twilight zone oh man you i'd love to do Man, they're I, it, long. It makes me want to watch it. I still never upgraded to Blu-ray. I have the original series. I, have I still have that. Blu-ray. I still have I've that awesome it open, DVD man. box set that came out. Um, but uh, it, it's so it's so. I've watched it through a couple different times. Actually, we could do that and the Outer Limits. Outer Limits is good too. I've never seen a single episode of the Outer Limits. Did you guys ever I watch think. the '80s version of Twilight Zone and then they yeah, redid it? it there's the, good episodes in that version. Yeah, and then the 2002 reincarnation I of seen it. A single episode. They of did that. like and one, now there's there, the there's two seasons of a 2010s version. Yeah, see, I haven't seen any of those, but the 2002 one, I think they, from what I remember, I do have the, the DVD set of it. I think it was only around for what season, but I think that they remade some of the early ones. It was like, kind of like that. I'm just like, eh, well, these stories are good, but it's just not as good. You know what I'm saying? They did the, the 72 tales in the crypt movie. And then when they made a couple of them in the actual series, like uh, all, all through the house and, and uh, was it blind alleys? They did that one too. Yeah, all through the house isn't bad. The, the TV version isn't too bad. I do prefer the, you know the the crypt episode, but uh, I actually think the crypt episode is better than the movie for once, and that's the and I do yeah. think, but the, but the movie Blind Allies Allies is much better in the film uh, than the, the television series. Yeah, it's it's much better. The guy that plays the killer Santa, what's his name again? Um, uh, uh, Larry Drake. Larry Drake. Fuck, I love Larry Drake. I miss him. Oh, Rest in peace, Larry Jake. Larry Drake. Yeah, he's, but, he's the absolute one he of my Dr. favorite Giggles? performances. Yeah, he's yeah, Dr. he's Giggles. also in Dark Man. He <laughs> plays Larry uh, Robert G. Duran. He's one of my favorite bad guys ever. And in Dark, oh, he's Night got of the, the best Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. He's like, he, yeah, he's Dark cut Man. off uh, Lawrence uh, Ferguson's fingers, and he's like, one, I try not to let my anger get the better of me. Two, yeah. I don't always succeed. Three. I got seven more points. <laughs> he is like Sorry, a really underrated actor now. though, man. Like Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Like he's fucking good in that shit, man. Oh yeah. He's in that too, huh? I like, like that. Yeah, movie. He's actually in that HG Lewis movie too. When he's playing a hillbilly in one of the ones. Yeah, man. Stuff to kill you. Is that the one he's in? Yep. Yep. 
Sorry, we just reviewed uh, Larry Drake's career. <laughs> I, he's, yeah, we got a little side. He has one of those there. names. He has one of those names. I always forget his name, but I'm like, I know everything that he's in because he's just one of those character actors that you just can't yeah. forget. But he's just good. He's just good. But yeah, he's, he's always- really good in that uh, Tales from the Crypt episode. But anyways, getting back to Cannibal Apocalypse. Shit, man. You guys got anything else on the film? No, I've said a lot. Yeah. yeah I, think, I think we're good, too. I'm glad that we went into the whole... You know, the whole Vietnam and PTSD and, yeah, and, and yeah. In society. Yeah, it's not often and, in Italian Horror Month that you get to talk about, like, commentary and stuff. Yeah, no, this, this movie's America, really rich with Italians. it. And it's very sensitive, too, right? It, it's a sensitive subject, but it needs to be it needs to be talked about because it's very prevalent. And it's not just, it's not really a cannibal movie, you know? And I think that's the misconstrued thing about this film. It's not and a junkie cannibal movie at all. I, I think mean, people right. just... That's the main critique. Like I, I alluded to it earlier, and I've 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 seen people's reviews and I've heard people talk about this movie. And they're like, oh fuck, it's so misleading. There's no cannibalism. I'm like, guys, you're kind of missing the whole point of the movie, man. Yeah, so. I mean, if if you're really like hanging up on that, and that's why you dislike a movie, yeah. you weren't liking it in the beginning, right? Yeah, right. I expected this. It's like, eh. yeah, but if if somebody gives you a steak and you expected a hamburger, is that is it a bad piece of meat? No, right. Okay, so we might as well just get into ratings on uh, <clears throat> Cannibal Apocalypse. Who's going first? Me. Uh, yeah, this is a movie that, like I said, whenever I first seen this, I think I gave it, like, I don't think I said this on the show, but uh, I gave it a six and a half. Because you were expecting more it. cannibalism, weren't you? No, I actually, <laughs> I was actually surprised that I that it was as interesting as it was, but I, I just, I don't know, I rated low back back then on it. And um, every time I've watched it since then, I liked it more and more. And I pick up different things and and notice the commentaries a little bit more. I love John Saxon. Uh, been a fan since Nightmare on Elm Street is like four years old. You know, I've always liked this the, that guy. Um, he's in a million things, and anytime I see him, I fi- I just watched another movie with him like this week. Forget what it was, but um, you know, he he's he's a good. And and it's actually cool to see him like as a as a lead too, because I m- most of the movies I've seen with yeah. him, he's like a supporting character. So it's he could definitely carry an entire movie. Um, I think the the scenes in the beginning where where we have the the dude, the one dude held up in the is it a mall or something? I, that that's flea like market. one of my it's favorites. like a flea market. Yeah, it's like one of my favorite. And of course, you, we didn't even mention yeah, the the bike guys. <laughs> He killed um, Carlos. <laughs> uh, I yeah, love when those guys come out of the woodworks and they all have weapons and it's just like so like, we 80s. We want him in the back. Yeah. We want yeah. him in the jazzy ass music from the beginning. Yeah, I love it's it. It's so chachi, man. A guy comes out with a pipe and he's hitting his hand with it and he's all looking badass and shit. I'm like, oh my God, it's amazing. Yeah, what? I honestly, one of my favorite movies we covered in Italian Horror Month um, in the past couple of years. So uh, I give it in... I'm actually coming up even higher than I was before after talking about it. Uh, 8.5 out of 10. Uh, is it me? Yeah, it's you, it? Dave. Yeah, yeah it's going to come as no surprise. You guys can call me ten out, the new 10 out of 10. Derek, I don't care. This is a movie that I grew up with, and the ones I rate really high are the ones I loved as a kid, and then I watch them as an adult, and I love them, and they have new meanings and stuff like that. To me, this is a 10 out of 10. I know it's not technically a 10 out of 10, but fuck it. For me, it is 10 out of 10. Um, I'm going to stick with my 9 out of 10 on Cannibal Apocalypse. I said what I need to say about it, but it's just a fantastic movie. So, um, you know, if you've never seen a movie before, you know, take what we 
said. And, you know, if you're looking for like a straight up jungle cannibal type film, that's you're going to be disappointed. But if you take it for what it is, it's uh, it's a really, really good movie with a lot of uh, great gore, too. I mean, it's not cannibalism gore, but it's gore. There's some good shit. So nine out of ten for myself. It's a fantastic movie. Um, gave me a reason to finally pick up the. Blu- I, I kept. I bought this Blu-ray for for Dylan. <laughs> I never bought myself one, so I had to pick it up this week. So it looks good though, man. Kino killed the transfer on it. So yeah, the Studio Canal stuff that they're putting out looks fucking excellent. Like the man who haunted himself and fucking uh, and soon the darkness. I was like, these look fucking amazing. Yeah, and soon the darkness looks phenomenal on Blu-ray. Yeah, this was one of my first... Actually, I watched this last year for Italian Horror Month just as, like, me getting into Italian Horror Month. (laughs) And that's when I was like, man, I should do Margareti next year since I won't have Argento. Um, But, yeah, the Kino... I picked up the Kino, and it was actually, I think, like, my only my third Kino I ever had, which is crazy. Yeah. Oh, dude, I got, like, hundreds, man. Yeah, I got, like, so many. Since then, I have, like like 30 more that i picked up in that time in a year but yeah it pisses me off to pick up a lot of kinos it pisses me off they don't uh, continue that redemption line more they come up with one like every like two years now it's shitty it's a good i like that line i've I've got them all i'm just waiting for more i'm just waiting for fucking more i think it's because they ran out of genre long films to fucking put out (laughs) (laughs) they they, i mean they climaxed at zombie lake they could never they could never catch that again right They just wanted to close up. Didn't you say that movie sucks? It does. Yeah, it sucks. Dude, that that bums me out because, like, that cover has always been the one that I've liked the most. John Rowland's worst movie. You know, it's, it's funny. It's funny because he didn't even want to. He ended up doing that movie because I think Franco wasn't doing it or something. He ended up. It, it was not it, it was one of those movies he was kind of forced into doing and shit so he does there's no passion behind it but to be honest it is a horrible movie but i thoroughly enjoy it because it's so bad it's so bad it's entertaining the effects in it the makeup effects are so, green zombies they are like green and they're like i don't know they just they look hilarious to me man it's, there's a it's, lot of nudity yes yeah that's a jerk that's off movie good. people jerk off to that movie well there's a lot of nudity in all of his movies that i've seen <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, Nazi. It, it's yeah, it's like Nazi zombies. Yeah, but his other movies are like artsy and good, and like you could like take any fucking yeah, yeah the first your wall. Zombie the, Lake's not that. Yeah, the first five or six movies are completely different, man. You, you yeah. put a picture of fucking from Zombie Lake on your wall, you're fucking gonna somebody's gonna call the cops. It is the oddball <laughs> out because even the movies that he did after Zombie Lake and shit were really good, man. Oh, yeah, some, yeah, it, it was just a cheap one off. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's going to conclude uh, week one of Italian Horror Month, Antonio Magaretti. Good first week. So, yeah, first week of year seven. It took seven years to get Margaretti in there, and it turned out it, it's it's a really entertaining show. I mean, Killer Fish isn't my favorite, but it's it's not a bad movie. It's actually, it's entertaining, but yeah. But it was it. Th- this was a fun one to prep for because it's like three completely different movies, and yeah. uh, that's what I'm looking forward to doing Garoni too. Even though his films are probably not going to be as good, but they are three different ones. Completely Jabroni. 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 What was Garoni. that guy you were talking Garoni. about earlier? Penne. What was it? Oh, uh, fucking Penne Alfredo. Penne Alfredo. Alfredo. No, that was the first female Italian director. Yeah. Female director Penny Alfredo. We'll oh. do her next year. Yeah. What was the? Uh, there was another one you were talking about too. Yeah, Luigi Spaghetti or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want yeah, to do that. Penny Alfredo was named after uh, Penny Alfredo from, is by far the best from Inspector Gadget. <laughs> <laughs> she was named after Penny from Inspector Gadget. 
It's spelled P-E-N-N-E for anybody that didn't know. Yep. <laughs> Just like the noodle. <laughs> uh, good shit, man. Good shit. All right. Well, I mean, that's everything. Um, JP, you want to take us out of here? No, we're, we're tired of that, I thought. Music. Box. No, all you, all you got to say is that right there, and then we're done. So. Oh, okay. I got to say it's music box. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, we're just going to pre record something. Put it Same music one day. Wait, does anybody really need to know every show where to find us? Stay music tuned box. for more disgusting fart noises. Say it. Right now. M- music box. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, good shit. All right. Well, we're getting the fuck out of here. That was a good show, guys. And uh, we'll see you guys next week in week two, which is, I think I just said Jer- it. I think Jeremy, Dave, you're not here, right? No, I'm not here next week, but Jeremy is. Yeah. And we're doing, uh, and we're doing. Your pick, Vince. Garoni. So. Django the Bastard, um, Hand That Feeds Death, and SS Love Camp? Or SS Experiment? SS Experiment. Camp. I've seen at least one. Of so those. we got like a we got a western, we got like a supernatural western, and I think the hand that feeds his body. I think that's more of like um, a gothic. It is, and it's like a like a crazy doctor gothic mad scientist shit. I think that's what it is. It's it's the same old story. We, we've seen that, and then of course, um, SS Experiment Camp is a Nazi exploitation film. So yes, there's three different type movies there. So. And yeah, that'll be interesting talking that with Jeremy because he's just gonna hate that shit. Oh, I bet he doesn't have one over a six and a half. Jango the Bat—it's a good movie though, man. That's the best one, I bet. Man, Synapse murdered that Blu-ray. It looks I've so never good. seen it. It looks so good. I, I was blown away by it. But all right, we're blabbling. Let's get the fuck out of here. Deuces. Music box. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not on uh, Blu-ray, it doesn't exist. <laughs>